Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Three Minutes Past Four. Well, it's the only time I'll ever say that on this programme. I will not say it. Just remember that Three Minutes Past Four, OK? You have remembered the clocks have gone forward. There'll be some dingbat somewhere going, what do you mean? It's, what are you talking about? No, that's the time it is. And it is Monday, and it is the 26th of March, and we head into Easter week. What does that mean? Easter eggs. That's what people think it is now. They've got no idea its religious connotations. They're, they're not really remotely bothered by that. They're more interested in the fact that you actually get time off work, and it's all Easter eggs. And over in America, it's, uh, it's a porn star who sleeps with anybody for money, who's now complaining about being out to be made a liar because she claims she had a, a fling with Donald Trump. Who cares, dear? Who cares? So you had sex with somebody. Big surprise. Man has sex with woman. Big surprise. He wasn't president, so he was married. So who cares? Does it really make any difference? God in heaven. You don't want to tangle with porn stars. They can be quite vicious, let me tell you. It's a tough old business out there. They call themselves adult entertainment stars. And apparently, just because you sleep with loads of people on movies doesn't mean you sleep with loads of people in real life, except this one does. So there you go. So Stormy Daniels, not her real name, of course. They always give them these sort of hooker names. Uh, She sleeps with him, she claims. She's taken the lie detector, and the lie detector says she's telling the truth. Who cares? I mean, seriously, if you want to make yourself out to be cheap, I mean, fancy admitting having sex with Donald Trump. Fancy admitting that that crumbly old man with the ridiculous hair has actually taken his clothes off and had sex. I felt physically ill. I mean, dear God, obviously her standards must be so low. Oh, sorry, he's rich. He's filthy rich and loaded. And he was famous even then. So uh, so that'll be it, won't it? Uh, risk to dogs from muddy walks. I don't know why. I always feel a bit sorry for dogs, really. Their little feet going in puddles and stuff like that. Australia's day of shame. The cricket captain admits the team cheated. Even the Prime Minister's condemned them. I mean, to be honest with you, that's basically, basically the whole Australian nation, isn't it, really? They just tell lies. They just tell lies about cricket. Can you believe that they would cheat at cricket? I mean, yeah, we can. We can. I mean, it's, it's just embarrassing. I had to... Don't start shouting at me, Aussie boy. Find yourself hanging outside from a lamppost, covered in tar and feathers. Yeah, you should be apologising for the state of your nation, not sitting there criticising us for any misdemeanours that we've had. Good Lord above, we sent you a lot of convicts out there in the first place. Small, we shouldn't be surprised that you cheat. We shouldn't be at all surprised. There are no cultural rights at all. You haven't got any cultural rights at all. Yes, well, we know you'd steal. We've all seen the pictures. Was it Billy the Kid you had out there? Was that one of the... It was the... That Ned Kelly, wasn't it, was the Australian one. Another crook. There's a surprise, eh? If he'd been playing cricket, not only would you not have any balls, you wouldn't have any bales either. Uh, other stories in the uh, papers today. Forget the boat race, they say. There's a lovely picture of police officers on the Thames eating their hot dogs, which is great. Is that the... Who is this woman? Is that the hooker? That's Stormy Daniels. Hello. You've, hello, you've seen my, me in my movies. Hello, you've seen me in my movies. I've got my clothes on. I know. I can't believe it either. I'm just an actress. I mean, look at this. I mean, really, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, that hookers now go on the television and start justifying what they do. Who cares? I really couldn't. Do you know, I couldn't be less interested than if, you know, Aussie Boy turned out to be a half-sex change. That does, it really doesn't bother me in the slightest. I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, he's not. But I couldn't care less about anything like that. It really doesn't... You know, they make out, oh, she's going to make a lot of money. But then I think to myself, so you do pornography. 
I don't know why we should even bother even thinking about it. Oh, the first Eurovision winner has died, age 94. The shame of it all. The shame of being that first Eurovision uh, winner. Uh, Dex time out with a new baby will add to ITV's crisis over the duo. Sorry to go back into Antrim Deck again. A little bit embarrassing. Uh, also, uh, Justin's a believer because he's discovered God. So his new album is full of Christian songs. I watched a Christian like songs of praise the other day on the television. And I'm afraid I'm a traditionalist. I only like the hymns and the carols that we've all sung over the years. These are all these new ones, you know, it's, and it's, they sort of, ch- none of it seems to rhyme. You know, we worship you, Lord, blah, blah, blah. And we had all this kind of bit. And I'm thinking, and I looked at the audience or the congregation and they're all ages. There's very young and very old. And they all seem to know all these tunes. And I didn't know any of the tunes. I thought as I was out on a bit of a limb, really, which was a, which was a shame. Uh, Richard Bacon's got ADHD at the age of 42 and the icky Ikea meatballs made from insects. Oh, dear me. Don't even mention it. Uh, (coughs) Sorry, a bit excited. Uh, Elton John goes to 71 and ends up looking like Liberace. In fact, actually, Liberace looked better than Elton John, but uh, he did manage it. And then David Furnish says, oh, my husband looks marvellous and he's this and he's... Of course he is, dear, because before you met him, you were nobody. Rick Stein on why he's never won a Michelin star. Um... And I think he's in with the wrong set. That's what it is. And by the way, let me be the first to wish you all a Merry Easter. Because in the shops, they do Easter crackers, Easter wreaths. There's the Easter eggs, obviously. Uh, Everything to do with, it's almost like Christmas, but with the word Easter shoved in front of it. It's all very worrying, isn't it, really? And uh, they've all got it. Every shop has got Easter eggs in. You can't move for Easter eggs. And they're either dirt cheap or they're terribly expensive. At the end of the day, it's a very, very expensive way to buy chocolate. Very expensive way to buy chocolate. And it shouldn't... I mean, luckily, nobody buys me an Easter egg. Because I'm, I'm really not interested in Easter eggs. I could eat Smarties. I like Smarties and stuff like that. But Easter eggs, they're a bit naff, aren't they, really? What? Sorry, Danny? What's he say? Oh, creme egg. Do I want a creme egg? No, of course I don't. No, cream egg. Well, they're cream eggs, creme egg. No, I'm, I'm not really into them. I've got two boxfuls in the boot of the car. You know, big, big boxes on. I'm just not interested. I'll bring some info if you want them. You know, because your your waist is expanding faster than Father Christmas's. Did you, ever see, did you ever see that film, The Santa Claus, where he'd been designated as Santa Claus, and every time he shaved, within one second, the beard came back again, and then he got fatter, and fatter, and you did admit to me earlier on, luckily I recorded it just in case you were going to lie to me like Stormy Daniels, and, um, was it Stormzy? Anyway, and uh, that, that you are getting bigger. And there's no, there's no two ways about it. I'm feeding you. I'm, yeah, but, yeah, but when you say overgorging at the weekend, what are you eating? You know, because, I mean, if you were in Australia, which of course you're not because there's no work, but if you were in Australia, you'd be running about on the beach, you'd be sort of diving into the waves and surfing, and you'd be fit. As it is over here, you eat something, which you probably could eat in Australia, it's just that over here, the only exercise you get is trying to remember where you live. You know, which is not the same as in Australia. As I say, when you're diving into the surf and swimming to catch the old Sheilas, you know, and then and, and you get to them and you suddenly discover it's your grandmother. And, you know, and they say, you want to come back up the beach? We'll have a tinny up there or something like that. And all you're doing is wandering around the bars of Shoreditch going, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. And that's why you don't get any exercise. That's why we put on weight in this country, because we're not traditionally fit people. You get fit people on Paddy's Take Me Out. On Paddy's Take Me Out, some of the blokes are really fit. 
you know, they've obviously, they go to the gym. A friend of mine, well, in fact, I'll tell you who it is. It's Paul Smith. He's just engaged the services of a fitness, whatever they call them, fitness person, instructor, yeah, kind of thing. And, and he's paying him. And he comes round and he, 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 he sent him a thing the other day. Yeah. And he said, he said, are you looking ready to, uh, to work up a sweat? I said, you write back to him immediately and you say to him, I don't do sweating. I perspire gently. The idea that somebody's actually threatening to come round and make you sweat. I don't like that idea, but he's paying for it. It's not cheap. It's quite expensive. Although I spoke to a friend of mine and he thought it sounded cheap. Anything under 60 quid an hour. He said, his chi- to me, it seems like a lot of money for somebody coming around going, sit up, sit up, sit up. I'll tell you, you know, it's, I, I couldn't do it. But it's, it's very popular. Lots of people want to look good, don't they? As you get into your sort of twilight years, you start wanting to look a little bit better. And so I'm sort of, I've got a friend of mine, Jordan, he goes to the gym. He's become sort of, obs- I don't know if he's still going to the gym, but he, he certainly sounded like he was still going to the gym. And so he's sort of, because once you start noticing the results... Then all of a sudden it spurs you on to the next bit. But I just can't get to that first base. I cannot get excited. I I have been to a gym. I have had a trainer. I have done things. And I I sort of thought, I just can't be bothered. Who Who cares? Who cares? Listen, I'm not entering some competition for sort of body beautiful. I'm really not. Corbyn, we do have an anti Semitism problem. Don't you ever, dear. Don't you ever. My God. And you've still got Diane Abbott, have you, in the party? My God. It's funny, you throw one out. I thought she harboured similar views. But there you go. That's just me, isn't it? What do I know about these things? Uh, Born on the same day, Bob and Alf. Meet them in the papers today. They're 110 years old. A hundred... I know, I couldn't believe it either. 110 years old. Isn't that great? 110 years old. It's wonderful. Can somebody explain to me the Bowie statue? In Aylesbury? Anybody work that one out? No. And by the way, Marks and Spencers are being a bit tight with you. They're hiding their free biscuits. When you get a cup of coffee, there's supposed to be a plate of biscuits on the top, but they hide them under the counter. Bit naughty, isn't it? Ask for them. Ask for them. Go, excuse me, where are the, where are the biscuits? Push them for it. Push them. This morning, I'm healthy. I've got um, um, watermelon. Watermelon in slices, which I'm, I'm sure is particularly good. And also, they were trying to unlock some bloke's phone the other day. Trouble is, he died. And they didn't know how to unlock it. So they went to the undertaker and said, can we unlock the phone? He said, sure. Took the phone in, got the corpse's hand, pushed the finger down on it, and uh, it opened the phone. I didn't, I didn't think that would work, actually, but it does. So there you go. Uh, Gemma Collins, bit of a fright, is apparently going to go out with Arge. They're going to have a baby so that she can make money and uh, sell it. But they're going to Spain to do it. Obviously, the further away, as far as I'm concerned, the better for all of us. Uh, as I say, she's, she's tried every nightclub in the country to try and get men to sleep with her so she can have a baby. In the end, she ends up with fat boy fat with a slight coke problem. That little Arge, who, um, who's going to give her the baby she wants. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sorry, is this some toy or something? Are these people really fit for purpose? The answer is, as far as I'm concerned, no, they're not. Oh, the good news is, I've got good news this morning. Remember that house I told you about that I'm, I'm really, really in love with because I think we have, you know, too few of these huge country houses. This is the one called Wentworth Woodhouse. This is the one that it's got the bigger frontage than Buckingham Palace. It's beautiful, 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 beautiful. And um, because of Manny Shinwell, piece of filth, they started mining under the house to get the coal out right to their back door, right to their back door. Manny Shinwell was a nasty little piece of work. And... Um, 
so the house in parts has started collapsing inside because there's nothing holding it up. They're going to need to fill it with God knows how many millions of tonnes of concrete to keep the house from sliding in. But it's the most beautiful house. Anyway, they've got a trust fund and uh, they're going to they're going to restore it. And to be honest with you, it's got something like 360 rooms. Once you've seen it and you've been inside it and it's on documentaries, you'll go, of course, we've got to save it. That's the whole idea. At one point, there would have been two or three hundred people working at Wentworth Woodhouse. And it's just beautiful. But at the back of it, there's another house which backs onto it. I could live there tomorrow. I've been a big fan of it for ages and ages. And it's just stunning. It's, they're going to have to labour of love. But once it's finished, you can go round it and you'll be able to see exactly what... It, I mean, seriously, it's just enormous. It's just brilliant. In fact, the people restoring it at the moment, and it's a labour of love, they've said, we keep discovering rooms we've not been in. When they used to have uh, parties there years ago, remember I told you, they used to give um, the guests a pile of confetti, different coloured, so you would drop it on the floor so you could find your way back to your room. Like Buckingham Palace, I think here, I think Buckingham Palace is about, is that 600 rooms in Buckingham Palace, if, if not a little bit more? And again, people never find, find where they're going to, but it's all great. Uh, also, the train driver who's lost 15 stone in a year, Cowell gets the BBC deal. Let's hope it's nothing to do with old um, Cheryl the Wopsit thing. And the new ITV show explores Larry's life. The camp comedy pioneer Larry Grayson, who opened the door for a new generation of stars. To be honest with you, I don't think he did. There were camp comics around long before Larry Grayson. Long before. But this is a a programme that's going to have Michael Barrymore on it. Loads of people talking about uh, the man who um, who spent a lot of time just being a nervous performer, very nervous performer. Shut that door, slack Alice. Oh, I can't believe it. Pop it in, Pete the Postman. And we had all these sort of double entendres. But watch him on uh, the good old days. The audience love him. He, he, he would look at somebody and go, he's anybody's for a tin of salmon. And things like that. A bit like Aussie boy, isn't it, really? Very funny. Yeah. Oh, two of you today, are there? Have you got a brother? Have you got a brother? I can't remember asking if you had any family, adopted or otherwise. Do you have any... Um, Younger sister, what, what, what does she do? Is she in the business, like you, sort of? What? Oh, she's not. A, what, what, what does she do? Is she, she's a teacher. Little or no one, so at least one in the family did well. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. She said to me, she said she's managed to put some money in the tax account, which is good. It's exciting. It's very exciting. She said you didn't spend much money last month. I'm sending my bank details. You can transfer that over. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No, no worries. How much do you need? Ah, uh, all of it. Oh, oh okay. Greedy, isn't it, for all of it? Can't believe it, honestly. Some people just sort of say, oh, I'll just have a few, a few hundred pounds or something like that, all of it. No, I was quite good last month. I'm getting better. I've discovered the older I get, the better I'm getting with, with, with money. When I was younger, I just spent recklessly. Now, I don't, I don't spend recklessly. Well, I don't think I do. Um, I think I'm actually getting much, much better at saving. And my uh, bank manager said to me yesterday, she said, oh, she said, I managed to put some more money in the tax account. Because I like to make sure that the money goes in the tax account. I'm not like Kerry Katona, like, you know, I'm not going to pay tax. I'll declare myself bankrupt. You know, I, I like to pay my way through. Because I think that's that's the way you do it. You know, all these lazy, good-for-nothing, talentless little, you know, Z-listers, you know, who don't pay their thing. And yet they're more than happy to be photographed going out wearing yet another outfit. I'm still amazed at Mel B going out there. I thought she was broke, we were told. Yet she seems to afford all these. Perhaps they're free. Perhaps they're free. Who knows? Who knows? It's all very odd, isn't it? Anyway, it's nice to be company. So Gemma Collins is going to go off to Spain. They bought a house, her and Arge. 
and they've got a joint bank account, and she's going to try and get pregnant. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she's big enough at the moment. Gold knows how much bigger she's going to get when she's pregnant. And then she's got to lose even more weight, but she doesn't seem to be that bothered by it. It's just the case of she wants a baby. She's told anybody who'll listen she wants a baby. Because basically everybody else in uh, in Essex is up the duff. And um, and so they then go, right. I'm slightly disturbed by poor Chloe Sims. She's looking older by the day. Way too much makeup. Way too much makeup. You know, it's, it's, it's they're troweling it on as if they're making black and white movies when they really did trowel it on. And uh, that doesn't look so good. But you've got the new series of Towie with Bobby Cole Norris on it. He's a bit of an idiot. He suddenly turned up on television the other day. He didn't really know what uh, architecture was. He thought it was agriculture. Bit thick, you know. But there again, nobody ever said he was an intelligent person. Uh, Bobby Ewing at 69. Yes, Patrick Duffy in the paper today. Um, They say he's aged. Well, of course he has. He's 70. What do you expect? Of course he's not going to look the same. He's not like half these peculiar people. Caprice's fears as she battles a brain tumour. This is the second time I've read this story. It's very odd. One of them called her a supermodel. Caprice was never a supermodel. She just... She just modelled underwear, that was it. She wasn't the brightest penny in the box, ever. Um, Also, these celebrities. Whenever you see a quiz show on the television and you see celebrities on there, do you think they're doing it for free? I didn't. I assumed they were doing it for money. And I was right. Because on one of them, I think uh, on Catchphrase, they actually get paid a fee, but of course they would. They're on there to raise money for charity and they get a fee. I don't, I don't really see the problem with this. Everybody gets paid. And they say up to five grand. I think Alan, uh, no, sorry, um, Jimmy Carr got paid. So did Jonathan Ross and somebody called Catherine Tildesley. Well, I can understand Jonathan Ross, funny, witty, intelligent. Jimmy Carr, funny, witty, more intelligent. And getting paid, Catherine Tildesley. Some third-rate actress from Coronation Street, who I believe is coming out of it very shortly, to pursue a, a career as what? I've got no idea. But they get up to 5,000 quid a time. But that's a fee. That would be a show fee. Lots of people get paid. Loose women pay a fee. Loose women pay a fee. So I see no reason why, you know, people shouldn't have a fee for this. Especially if they win, because they then sort of make a lot of money and it goes to charity. Well, I don't understand what, what the problem is, really. Uh, also, um... What was the other one? Oh, yes, the Easter bunny. For some reason, they've got an Easter bunny sitting on a chair and kids come and sit on the Easter bunny's lap. But the Easter bunny looks a bit scary. And I'm thinking, what is this garbage? It's supposed to be, I thought, a religious festival. I thought that's the whole idea about Easter. Now it's turned into Easter eggs, chocolate, oh, and holiday, and time off. And so It's got nothing to do with going to church. Churches are closing at the rate of God knows how many. Loads. Uh, Paddy's wife gets real. Oh, God, we're so bored with you, dear. We're so bored with you. Your claim to fame is you're a nobody. But um, anyway, Uh, Kerry Katona says she loves it uh, as a loner. We've heard this garbage from her before. It depends what sort of frame of mind she's in. Sort of one minute she's happy being lonely and then the next minute she's happy being in a relationship and then the next minute she's back with somebody she went out with years ago. And also, as it's the 40th, the reason I mentioned Patrick Duffy, Bobby Ewing, it's the 40th anniversary of Dallas, who shot JR. Come on, hands up if you remember straight away. Well done. Well done. The answer was Kristen. Kristen or Kirsten. One of the two. Anyway, she shot JR. But then, of course, the whole thing turned out to be a dream. As Bobby walked out of the shower, we went, oh, for goodness sake. How can they do That was the only way that they could get round it. Mind you, the funny thing was, Miss Ellie, she was mad as a fruit biscuit. She, would, uh, she, she was talking to Jock, who was her husband, Jock Ewing, who started 
Ewing Oil and all the rest of it. Although they lived in the pokiest house you've ever seen. It was a real house from the outside, but the interior was a set and the swimming pool was a set. And people used to go and visit the Ewing Ranch. But it, the house was pokey, considering they were one of the richest families in Texas. They lived in this absolute cesspit of a house. It was hilarious. They were, it was just pokey, you know, with an alcoholic. Oh, gee, I love you. A poor old swellen. You know, she was off her trolley. She was drunk half the time. Uh, JR would sort of try it on with most people and walked around with a big Stetson on and we were supposed to believe he was an oil man, but we were addicted to it. And when they brought in the tapes of the ending of it, you know, on who shot JR, it came in under security. At Heathrow Airport security for it. And I used to love it. I used to absolutely love it. I thought it was great, but I just worried about the fact their house was pokey. And Miss Ellie would be having conversation. Oh, hi, hi, Jark, she'd say. Miss Ellie was about 97. And, and she'd, she'd be saying, oh, oh, Jark, did, did you want to speak to the boys? Oh, OK. No. He was dead. We know he was dead. We'd seen it in the newspapers. Jock Ewing, played by whatever his name was, uh, died. But she's still having conversations with him. She's still having conversations. And I felt like saying, have you read the newspapers, dear? He was killed in a plane crash or something. Or perhaps he wasn't. Perhaps he just died in real life. But it was, it was good fun. We loved it. I loved that. And then we loved Dynasty. Dun, 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 dun. Because it was just full of rich people. And, uh, and Joan Collins played Super Bitch. And it was fantastic. We loved it. We love stuff like that. Uh, John says, do you pay a fee for your in-conversation guests? Is the Pope Catholic? Of course I don't pay it. Why would I pay a fee? No, no, no. No, absolutely not. No. I mean, they actually get the promotion out of it. That's what it's all about. It's promotion. Mind you, even on Terry Wogan's show on the television, they used to pay a fee. They used to pay a fee. Michael Aspel's show paid a fee. £25,000 to Elizabeth Taylor to flog her diet book. That was a bit of a waste of time. And, uh, yeah, they did. And, in fact, all the guests on the TV shows, from Richard and Judy through to probably the one show, they get goodie bags. Richard and Judy had a goodie bag. Paul O'Grady had a goodie bag. They would find different unusual things for them. It was an incentive. No, I've never paid a penny piece. Never paid a penny piece. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, they, they generally try to slip me 20 quid or something like that. I take it. I take it. Why not? Goodness sake. And uh, Wentworth Woodhouse is the house. Have you ever been to Buckingham Palace, says Martin? How much would it cost me to go in? Uh, it's £24 to go in. I know that because um, I've been to the... Not inside. I've done the muse with the carriages and stuff like that. But 24 quid to go inside if you want to. The Queen's really hard up, so she needs the money because it's only from, from mid-July, though. OK, so just mid... So you can't go at the moment. It's mid-July. And, uh, and we're going to be spending, I forget how many hundreds of millions of pounds to do it up. It was quite... Was 370 million to do it up because the place is falling. It wasn't theirs to start with. The royal family nicked it uh, from Lord Buckingham. They saw it and went, we'll have that. So they took it. And so poor old Lord Buckingham got shoved down on his rear end and uh, the royal family took it over and, uh, and then changed the front of it. If you look at early pictures of Buckingham House as it was, it looked completely different. They've added sort of this architrave sort of stuff all over the front of it and everything else. Because what you're looking at is the back. The front of it is through the courtyard. You've got to go through to get to the... It's all a bit peculiar. It's sort of an odd sort of shape. But loads of people work there. I shouldn't imagine the Queen knows any of them at all. But uh, Mary says, you're sounding a bit hyper today. Are you OK? I think so. I don't know. I've had a piece of... Um, I'd have another piece, actually. Another piece of watermelon in a moment. Uh, sounding a bit hyper. No, it's Monday. And we've been paid. 
And I'm very pleased, but that's always the bit that I like. You know, we love doing the work, but it's even nicer when money arrives in your bank account. And then I thought, wait a minute, we haven't got to the end of the month yet. And already, so I'm, I'm being quite careful. I'm being very good. I think I'm very good, actually. Much, much better with money than I ever, ever used to be. Rob says, any plans to write your autobiography? No, my autobiography is laid bare before you every single morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice, heavy company. It's Monday morning. It's 26 minutes to five. OK, let's all go back to bed. Forget it. Let's not bother getting up today. Actually, sort of had to explain to Darren uh, why the Australian bowler was putting his hands... Cameron Bancroft, down down the front of his things, and what he was doing down there. And I said he was putting the sandpaper in his pants, but he wanted to make sure that the sandpaper went in his pants as opposed to fell down his trousers and thus gave the game away. So you can see it quite clearly that he's holding the sandpaper, which is yellow, and all the pictures on the television, you can see he's putting it in there. Then he obviously looks to make sure it's definitely gone in the right place. Because if it fell out, people would find it straight away. I mean, honestly. And the, also, the umpire might ask him to turn out his pockets if he'd left it in there. But you can see what he's done is he's, he's got the sandpaper, which takes the edge off the ball, because the ball is highly polished. That's why you always got, you know, uh, the bowlers have got that big red line down their, their whites. And, um, and so what he was doing was taking the, uh, the shine off it. It gives it a better spin, apparently, or something, or... It swings away in a different direction. It's very complicated, really. Very complicated. I love the way that MPs have now sort of jumped on the bandwagon. We want, to, we demand Mark Zuckerberg comes over here. Well, if I was Mark Zuckerberg, I'd tell him to go swing their hook. You know, I'm sorry. And so answer to the MPs. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you at all. He's Mark Zuckerberg. He's worth... Is that him there? He's very small, isn't he? He's... Um, He's worth billions. Why should he worry about what the MPs say? If I was Mark Zuckerberg, I'd tell him to go do one. I wouldn't be remotely bothered by what they say. He doesn't have to answer to them at all. He doesn't have to do anything. Mind you, interested that Danny Dyer, that's not the dreary daughter who's publicity shy, uh, but the, uh, the actor, he's come off Twitter, he said, because of the amount of abuse that he gets on there. <laughs> uh, Arjun and Gemma would be great for in conversation. Gemma would need a goodie bag of cream cakes, though, says Pablo. Well, actually, I think more Arge. Actually, Farage, you could probably find a little something, you know what I'm saying? For him to sort of get him through the sort of day, like sort of black coffee or espresso, I should imagine. Martin says, watermelon, very bad for you. Very high GI score. I love it. I love it. Uh, there aren't any taxi biscuits anymore. I used to, we used to have those when I used to do the school tuck shop. I say the tuck shop, it was a trestle table with snowballs, packets of crisps and taxi biscuits. And that's what you'd sell to the kids in playtime at school. Actually, listening back to it, I'm not at all. I'm surprised they made a profit. We were eating most of it. Uh, Melbourne Grand Prix. Matt's on his way back to the airport. We don't know anything about the Melbourne Grand Prix. I wish. Is that the Formula One race? I heard them announce it, and they said, if you don't want to hear it, because Lewis Hamilton came second, I believe. <laughs> Look at me knowing that. Look at me knowing that. How do I know that? I don't know anything about Formula One racing. I don't know anything about it, but Lewis came second. Locked into the spike, no delay, says Waj. Uh, any truth in a white Easter this weekend? They say so. They say white Easter. They say it's uh, Stormzy coming in yet again. I, can't, I, mean, I can't really believe it, but I bet you anything we get some. Just even a little little tinkling of it. I told you I'm taking Paul Smith to the, uh, to the fun fair. On one of the days over Easter, I can't remember which day it is. So I'm hoping we don't get snow on that particular day, because it's it's nice to go to the fun fair over Easter. That's what, But we should be having sunshine. We should be having sunshine. We've got sort of 
you know, I don't know what it is at the moment. It's just ghastly weather. But at least it's not... I mean, today's not very cold. I think it's OK. Still not got the car back. Should get that back tomorrow. One interview today with, uh, with Robert Lindsay. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, who's in plebs. So I'm looking forward to talking to him again. But uh, because of the problems we've had with the air conditioning, uh, we've got a new air conditioning system in. And I've discovered that the cameras in the studio are on. And, now I said, this doesn't affect you at home, but it means that out there on the big screen, I'm up on the big screen. I'm actually doing the programme on the big screen, which is so exciting, which means I'm also going to be down in reception. I'm going to be down in reception with Chris and everybody else down there, up on the big screen. I've never been, I've never been on the big screen. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not big enough to be on the big screen. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, Deck and the baby and Ant and not a baby. Uh, also, the Mounties. They always get their man. This time, it was a stag do um, on their way to Vegas. Unfortunately, they were disruptive. They're now in jail. <laughs> Don't ever mess with the Mounties. Don't ever mess. Oh, and incidentally, before you text in asking how you can watch me on the cameras in here online, you can't. OK, just I tell you that now. It's not, uh, it's not a facility available. But it, it, but only I only knew this because I saw Darren out there on the big screen in the room. I've often wondered what I look like on. Well, actually, I know what I look like. But I mean, is this? Yes, can you go and take a picture, just so we can see what it looks like? <laughs> I was tempted to say we could put it up on Twitter. I don't think we'll bother. Don't think we'll bother. But uh, it'll be quite interesting on that big board to see. You know, what I, I'll have to sort of strike a pose. I'll have to find a pose which I think looks good. Like that, you know, we're just sort of pointing into the distance. <laughs> uh, also in the boat race, luckily we didn't get the Ku Klux Klan guys team winning. Uh, very wisely, they decided to hold back and uh, gave it to Cambridge. So there you go. It's, it's just one year one wins, one year another wins, one year one... It's, it's so tedious and boring. Why don't we have it? It doesn't raise any money for charity. What's the point of it? It's two exclusive colleges, Oxford and Cambridge, and they have a boat race. <laughs> Bothered? I don't think so. Uh, also, I'm very intrigued about the wife who grumbled to her old man, which led in turn to a song which has endeared over the years, which has led them to have 52 years of marriage. 52 years of marriage. The song you know, the song you know very, very well. And it's, uh, it's one of those... We used to call it, in the trade... We used to call it the going to the toilet record because it went on for six minutes. This was this was ten cc, and it was uh, that's you, you put it on and immediately sort of nipped out the DJ booth straight into the loo. And you had six minutes to go for a toilet. It was a lovely song. It had one of the longest intros I've ever heard. So you could do a real good long talk up if you if you really wanted to, but if you didn't want to, you just let the music speak for itself. Which it did when he sings like this. Uncanny, isn't it, really? Even after all these years, I've still not lost it. <laughs> I used to love talking to the vocals. It was my big thing. Somebody give me a record, they say, can you talk to the vocals? I said, if I push my mind to it, yeah. And I can for most of it. I'd be very good on it. They do that on heart, do they? If only somebody on heart could sort of just give me a weekend show or something. I could, I could introduce people to the delights of Steve Allen. <laughs> or classic. I'm not bothered actually. <laughs> I'm not bothered. I quite like the classic songs because they go for longer. They go for. Lo- what did somebody play to me the other day? The Kylie Minogue song, the new Kylie Minogue song. It's only about two minutes something. It's about one of the shortest records in living memory. 
And I, uh, the latest hit single for Kylie, it's quite nice. It's sort of Kylie being... But she's developed this very funny American accent. Here we go. You have a listen to this. This is the, the, the video. OK. Listen to her voice. It doesn't sound like Kylie at all. It's a bit sort of Americano. No one wants to stay at home. Nobody wants to be alone when you come She's Australian. What's going on? I don't ever want to stop. I'm going to give it all I've got. And when they ask me, who could ask for more? Can't stand still. This is the only good little bit, isn't it? She's doing line dancing in it. It's quite catchy, but it's really short. She's already had 824,000 views. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. 1,824,000. Sorry? 4.8 million. Good Lord above. It's ever so catchy, but why does she sound American? She's Australian. It does sound like Taylor Swift, doesn't it? Do you know, they have problems with these videos. Do you know what, what the problem is that they have? Whenever they make a Kylie video, finding small dancers. You can't have anybody who's taller than her. It looks ridiculous. So they have to sort of try and drop people down in size. But it's a very catchy little tune. It's just a bit short, I think. But there you go. Uh, why does Elton John look like Liberace? Because he just does. And George Allegaia says, My cancer... My cancer? He says... Um, could have been diagnosed much earlier if he'd been in Scotland. If he'd been in Scotland. <laughs> a friend of mine, Ian, he says... <laughs> I can't say what he says here. He says, listening to you hot jocking. He says, you could do this programme then go on to do another programme on another station. Yes. And I could also knit and juggle at the same time. Quite funny, though, isn't it, really? I like hot jocking. It's, a, it's just something I learned to do years and years ago. And it's, and it's called feeling the vocals. And I used to love it. I could, somebody could play me anything, and I could just guess when the vocals came in. And for some reason, you could make everything fit to time. There was no... I didn't think there was anything difficult with it, but some people would go, how do you do that? And you go, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just do it, actually. Jane says, uh, I'm always here for the spike, but in 20 minutes, I'm off to work. I, I can get a bus one way or walk another way, so as it's dry, I shall walk and hear the birds sing. There are birds at the moment. They used to say that the joke was that London was so polluted, you'd wake up to the sound of the birds coughing their lungs up. You know. <coughs> 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 That's all you used to hear in London. Tits. Coughing themselves to death. Really dreadful. Uh, so Justin Bieber is now a believer because we had a story, remember, a couple of weeks ago, and I said to you there's a story about Justin Bieber and he's, um, he's going to church. And so he's discovered God, so his latest album is full of Christian songs. I don't know what that means. I don't Because I've heard some really good Christian songs. On the other hand, I've heard some absolute rubbish Christian songs. And a lot of people waving their hands in the air. I don't know what that is. Um, but it's always quite interesting. And I quite like it when they do something different on the television. Uh, another one here says, I won't pre-order your autobiography that you mentioned you're writing earlier. But when I go to my local... I didn't mention I was writing it at all. I said, what's the point of writing it? I do it on the show every day. Every day is autobiography. Why would you want to read the same thing again? What are you, some sort of idiot? Honestly, what is the matter with people? It's like, I get the people coming off medication in the early hours of the morning. I get them just before they go back to the doctor, which is always entertaining. Uh, would it be available in the library in fictional, factual or horror section? It'll be in all of them. It'll be in all of them. It'll be, uh, yeah, absolutely everything. There's no, you know, from the early days when I was a youngster, you know, Twixt Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, 
to uh, doing an overnight programme on LBC, which got the biggest audience ever. Don't believe all the rubbish you read nowadays. This was the biggest audience because there was no competition. There was nothing. There was only LBC and our sister station, Capital. We were first. So we kind of wiped the board. We absolutely wiped the board with it. And, and in, I go, oh, who's that? Is that One Direction? They're not getting back together, are they? Don't tell me that one. I quite like the idea of One Direction getting back together. But I did say to you before, I think it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. I just think, is this British record sales? Oh, right. Ah, interesting. Because I'm always interested in how many copies of albums and singles these, these groups sell. And One Direction were very, very popular. They were a little popsicle band, which was very sweet. Nothing the matter with that at all. And they did it. And then all of a sudden they got fed up with being a little popsicle band. A bit like any of those sort of groups at the time, especially the ones married by Louis Walsh. They eventually got fed up singing with singing songs that his mother used to like. And they decided they want to go their own way. So they all finish. And you think, because there is a, there's a shelf life for all these groups. It doesn't matter who they are. There's a shelf life. Gary Barlow sussed it out. You sort of, you do a world tour and then you rest it for a couple of years and then you do another one. So you, you've left a, a perfect gap between it. You know, steps come back and we all suddenly realise that there's only one person singing. The rest of them are miming. I'm not too sure of how it works with a lot of these groups. But uh, everybody's auto-tuned nowadays. You don't, you can hear it. You can hear auto-tuning. It sounds slightly mechanical, but lots of people do that. It's, it, was the, it was the industry, I don't know, answer to people who couldn't sing. Because I remember somebody, do you remember? I remember I told you ages ago that, in fact, uh, they had somebody on, I think it was either X Factor or whatever, and Louis was on the panel, and he said, uh, you, you look great. It doesn't matter whether you can sing or not. We can sort that out later. And the answer is they can, they can just do that. Um, they can actually do it in a studio. You don't need to have to sing. That's why whenever you get these sort of people, they go, we're going to sing live. And they go, don't sing live. Don't screw it up. Because the trouble is they believe that they're singing live. Uh, Ron said, yeah, I did. Yes. But you wouldn't remember me. Believe you me, you wouldn't remember me. But uh, it, was, it was very interesting. Very, very interesting to hear people who thought, ah, oh, we're actually going to go out there. I remember seeing steps on so many TV programmes. They mimed all the way through. There's no such thing. And there's one, one member of the group doesn't sing on anything. Sings on nothing at all. David says, uh, Kylie was on Sports Relief last week. Looked like Dolly Parton, minus the large cleavage. Well, she's only about this big. She's tiny. And of course she was on Sports Relief. She's selling a record. That's what she's doing. It's free publicity. You could always tell that uh, when Jimmy Savile... Yes, Jimmy Savile had a programme on the television uh, which people went on there and they used to say, oh, it's my dream to meet Kylie Minogue or sing with the Bangles or something like that. Uh, on would come Kylie Minogue and she'd be flogging her latest record. That's what it was. It was a plug programme. It was an easily done plug programme. Uh, Kylie, do you want a bit of primetime BBC with an old pervert sitting in a chair with children around him? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. And so people went on there. And Kylie would have been on that programme. You could guarantee that if somebody turned up on the Royal Variety performance, more than half of the artists would be flogging their new records. Kylie's is very catchy, albeit a little bit short. So they'll invite her on the one show. They'll show a bit of the video and something like that. And that'll be the peg into the interview. Of course, how else do they do it? There's no shows around. When Des O'Connor had a much, much missed show on the television, they would have people on there and they would go on and sing their latest record. Well, I say sing it, they'd mime it. There's no point in sort of messing it up. If, if they mime it, you don't have to worry about balancing things and stuff like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Seven minutes to five. Come on. Pull yourselves together. 
I know you don't want to get up, but I mean, just think, short week this week, because I'm assuming you'll have to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then you get Friday off, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, because you get the Easter Monday, don't you, as well. So, in fact, it's actually it's quite a good deal. I shall be here throughout, of course, giving of my all over the Easter period, which we do every year. There's no, no difference. We just sort of, you know, because people, creatures of habit, creatures of habit. Um, is it true that Lydia Dim's going on Celebrity Mastermind? What, what era are you in? Are you on medication or something? You're a bit stupid. Is she going, what do you mean? She's already been on it. It was months ago. What are you, daft or something? God in heaven, why do I get the tail end of this? I always get the tail end, don't I, of those on medication and the hospital just release them, you know, into the care of the community. But the trouble is the community doesn't want them either, so I end up with it. Is it true she's going to Celebrity Mastermind, honestly? You do lose the will to live, don't you? Oh, look, here we go. Prostitute, porn star... And the interview that could humiliate Trump. I don't really see why. I mean, he actually, the trouble is, he, because he's lied, because she's, she's taken a lie detector test. Um, she, she met somebody in a car park. I mean, is this, I mean, is this really of any interest? You know, young people reading the newspapers going, what is she? And they go, she makes adult films. That basically means she'll have sex with people, and it's filmed, and then it's sort of, it's out there. And then the next thing is they, they talk, sort of try and sell themselves as Mother Teresa. And I don't quite understand... You know, so she had sex with a man who was married. Melania was expecting the baby. But that's, that's quite normal. And the reason I say that's quite normal is because women, when women are pregnant, they don't want to have sex. I know, because I've spoken to loads of people about it. They said it's uncomfortable. They just, you know, they just don't want to. So basically, he toddled off and, and did what he wanted to do. And then when she obviously tries to sell a story about it, they then threaten her you know, with uh, keep keep your mouth shut. They then, I think, counter sue for about 20 million. And uh, and she then goes, I'm going on television. You think, do you really want to set yourself up for this? So you had sex with a married man. You're a porn star. I mean, you know, I'd be less surprised if you went round and cooked evening meal. But I just don't understand what the interest is. I've seen her on the television sort of high-fiving people as she walks through the offices of the TV company. And then you think, who's watching this rubbish? Answer, America. America's watching this rubbish. Because she's already said, yes, we slept together. He said, no, we didn't. End of story, isn't it? I don't, I don't understand what she wants out of it. She's a porn star. I don't, I don't know what you can get out of it. It's all a bit worrying. Could you survive on... The uh, kangaroo hop to Oz. 17 hours. 17 hours. This is the new non-stop kangaroo hop to Oz. And uh, because, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I could cope with 17 hours on a plane. I would be feeling a little bit... Because all I want to do on planes, as I've said before, is sleep. Sleeping on planes and Steve Allen go hand in glove. Because I get on the plane, I'm there, I'm by the window seat. I don't want three seats next to me, I'll just have one... Or if you're very lucky, nobody that you know at all, which is even more more beneficial. And uh, I literally I pull the window thing down and uh, let the back of the seat down and I'm off. I can sleep for the duration, not 17 hours, I don't think. That's three meals. Uh, you could watch Crocodile Dundee ten times and then you've got a very numb bottom. But you just lie down and you just go for, for the sleep. I think it's an Australian plane as well. Oh, it's Qantas, is it? Qantas. And uh, the, the jet is packed with 330 peppermint tea bags, which is lovely. It's more than three times as fast as earlier flights. And um, 
It's got 42 business class flatbed seats, 28 premium economy seats and 166 economy seats. I like the idea of the premium economy. I've done premium economy on a few occasions. It's quite nice, actually. You're sort of, you're away from, you know, the other people. And uh, you've got your own little bit. And all I want to do is sleep. When I wake up, I always make sure I've got a bottle of water. Because I'm always thirsty. And you have to, can I have a cup of tea, please? We'll be bringing tea round in a moment. Okay. And then they sort of bring round, you know, you can have a little ice cream or something. It's always quite nice. 17 hours on a plane. And you always get the people, don't you? They start walking up and down on the flight like they've done it a million times before. Don't you hate them? And if you're on, of course, a budget airline, far be it from me to suggest what a budget airline is, the tea could cost you a fiver. Is that what it is? A cup of tea is a fiver. God, wow. Last time the producer went EasyJet, four quid for a cup of tea. I'd take my own bags and say, you don't, you don't know, just, can I just have some hot water? I'll buy some hot water. How much is hot water? Uh, that'll be a pound. Fantastic. Just bring me some hot water, thank you. A little bit, oh, milk. Milk's extra, isn't it? So you could start adding it all up. 17 hours on a plane. What do you reckon, boys and girls? Can we do that? Uh, Steve uh, says, Jay, Katie Price sings live. I've got them all today, haven't I, really? It's just unbelievable. Uh, we watched uh, This Is Your Life with John Thor. You'd never believe how scruffy they were. Very hard to believe. Looked more like the Jeremy Kyle show. Oh, right. So, but he's dead, isn't he? I mean, John Thor died ages ago. Ages ago now. Although I do watch the programmes. I love the programmes. Same as I, I watch I watch all of those sort of kind of detective series where they try and sort of work things out. Uh, Trump, the porn star and the mystery disc that could rock the presidency. Oh, don't say she recorded everything as well. A lawyer. Oh, dear. There is a, there is a disc... And uh, it's she obviously filmed him and her together. Oh, God. No, nothing like covering your tracks, darling, is there, really? I mean, you're not painting yourself out to be particularly, you know, interested. They, they say that, um, whatever her name is, Stormy Daniels, not her real name, of course, um, they say she's ambitious. Well, she's a porn star. She's sleeping with everybody at the moment, so she might as well make money out of it because they don't make an awful lot of money in the business. People think, oh, you're making loads of money. Believe you me. There isn't very much money in it. Right, coming up very shortly, news at five o'clock this morning. Don't mention the wall. The RAF Museum made from German bricks. Don't we have bricks in this country? Uh, the porn star who says she did sleep with Trump and was then threatened to keep quiet about it. To be honest with you, I wish she kept quiet about it. I mean, fancy admitting to having slept with him. But there again, if you're a porn star, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, the risk to dogs from muddy walks. If you live in the country, this doesn't affect us in town, but if you live in the country, it's probably a problem. Uh, as it is for Mr Corbyn, who says, we do have an anti-Semitism problem. Do you ever? And Rick Stein on why he's never won a Michelin star. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a really nice to be company. It's Monday, the 26th of March, Easter week. Easter week for those people into religion. And unfortunately, you appear to be a dwindling number, which is a great shame. But uh, it's the it's the bank holiday coming up. That's the way you look at it. It's Easter eggs, the bank holiday and Facebook. And I have to be quite honest with you. I'm not on Facebook. I've never been on Facebook. I don't quite understand what it is. Uh, I don't understand why everybody's complaining about it. Why Mark Zuckerberg is in trouble. Is this because of data data being released and it's the wrong sort of data or people have been compromised and they're selling off your personal details because they say here that Facebook logs all your phone calls and texts. And there was somebody on Question Time the other day and they said that something that they thought was private all of a sudden popped up and seemed to be available for everybody else to see. And I thought, oh, 
That's why. But surely Twitter's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Isn't isn't Twitter the same? And there's no allegation against them. But I, I don't I don't quite understand. I couldn't understand the Facebook thing. So I'm assuming that there are millions and millions of people who went to Facebook and they did it to keep a record of who they knew, who their friends were and things like that. And the data has been compromised so other people can access what would be private. Ah, right. Great. Great. And that's why... So why are the MPs getting involved and saying they want Mark Zuckerberg to appear before them? What's it got to do with them? Nothing to do with them. Is it? Is, is, is Facebook registered in this country? Or is it... It's registered in Ireland. Oh, right. As you can tell, the producer knows a bit more about this than I do. So it's registered in Ireland. I don't really understand, though, what the what the problem is with it. So are they saying it's Mark Zuckerberg's problem because he owns, presumably, the company? Or he, he's the majority share. But why, why is it anything to do with him? Surely it's, it's a computer programme. It's doing it by itself, isn't it? He doesn't sit there and go, right, let's transfer all of this to there. I'm doing this in the simplest form. Oh, right. The idea is that he, he should have taken action to stop it. Right. So if they get fined, if they get fined a billion, which they were talking about, who gets the billion? Who does it go to? Not they can distribute it among all the people. You know, you each get a pound back or something for having your details compromised. Because to be honest with you, I'm not on it and I've never read anything about anybody on there. So it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me. So why are people complaining about it? It's a social media site. And also... Somebody was trying to explain to poor old Shami Chakrabarti the other day, like banging your head against a concrete wall, that you have to tick a box to accept the uh, the details. If you don't tick the box, that's your problem. Somebody in the audience of, of Question Time said, um, you know, but if, if you don't, if, if you didn't tick that box, that means you've not read their rules. That's your problem. And Shami Chakrabarti went, oh, no, it's not like that at all. You know, and he went, yes, it is like that. You have to agree to do something. If you don't agree to doing something, well, then, you know, it's different. But because you haven't ticked the box, that's your problem. You're supposed to read the, you're supposed to read the terms and conditions, but people don't read terms and conditions. How many people read terms and conditions nowadays? They don't. You get a contract for something. You know, if, if you're just supposing today you're actually going to buy a car and you're doing it on finance, do you sit there and read that document? No. The bloke in the, in the showroom would go... You just sign on the bottom there, and I'll sign here, and then you sign page three, and that's it. And then you go, there we go, there's the keys to your car. You haven't read it. Who's ever read a mobile phone contract? Come on, don't tell lies. Nobody's ever read one. Nobody's ever read one. Seriously, why would you? Why would you read a mobile phone contract? You know, have you ever read Aussie rules of cricket? Okay, first rule, cheat. Second rule, Try to make sure that you're not caught, you know. Uh, unfortunately, you can see that he's putting the, um, the sandpaper in his, in his pants. There's probably a joke there somewhere, but I'm not man enough to do it for you this morning. Uh, Dorothy says it was 24 hours when I flew to Australia and we had an engine fire whilst over the sea. Needless to say, they put the fire out. But 17 hours, that's what they're saying, non-stop. When you get the other end, I, wouldn't, I, I lose track of what day it is. I can probably do seven or eight hours on a plane. I could do... I'm not sure I could do 17 hours. Although, although Natalie in Dubai says, I've flown 15 hours from Dubai to Texas before. It's tough, but a a glass of wine and a good movie helps. I'm pleased the clocks have gone forward, as you're only three hours behind us in Dubai. means I can listen to the show as soon as I've woken up, which is nice. So thank you very much indeed. We know we've got lots of people over in Dubai. 
lots of people over in Dubai who listen, people who work over there, uh, people who... Um, People are friends of mine from a long, long time ago, and I know loads of people who go there for their holidays. Strangely enough, never affected me in the slightest. I've never, ever wanted to go to Dubai. I've seen pictures of it, and as far as I'm concerned, I've seen it. I don't need to go, I don't need to go there ever again, but I do want to go back to Vegas. I keep, I keep saying it every day. I'm trying to convince myself. I'm totally trying to convince myself that this year I will do a holiday. Somebody very sweetly wrote to me the other day and went, you know, I've heard your, your uh, programme, you don't sound very well. So it was a fantastic diagnosis because I'm the best I've ever been and says, do you not think you should take some time off? So I, I wrote back to them going, yeah, I'm going to take a month off. Thought, Let them stew in it. It's always fun. CCTV to foil self-service thieves. These are people who go into the check it yourself area and apparently people thieve. Why? Because they're crooks. What I would love to do is you see you, you hear sometimes the amount of times you've been to a supermarket and as you're standing by the door, beep, 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 beep. That means somebody's thieving. You can see somebody's put loads of stuff in their trolley and they've walked through there. I saw some bloke the other day and his um, his uh, child thieved from Iceland. The kids, little tiny kids, they stood practically on top of each other like they were doing a balancing act. And he pinched the chocolate bar and then went and stood by his father at the till. And then they just walked out. And I thought, don't you know that your kids have just... Th-? I wanted to say to him, excuse me, your kids have just thieved. Because people do thieve. It's, I mean, it is terrible, really. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine says, better prepare yourself for 11 hours on a plane. I Vegas hotel suites on standby for you. <gasps> the funny thing is, I don't get affected by jet lag, I don't think. It's not the going out, is it? It's the coming back in, Ian, that affects you, as far as I remember. Uh, what's the difference in what Facebook did and what the DVLA does all the time? Selling people's info to anyone, says Ron. Um, well, you can get info from the DVLA. That's how a lot of the wheel clamping companies operate. If they want your address, not difficult to get. Mind you, you can get so much information off the internet. I could see somebody's car number and I can put it into the DBLO thing. It'll tell me, you know, um, whether it's uh, not taxed or insured, but it'll be tax and MOT. And I can see that straight away. So that's always quite good fun, isn't it? I put my own car in all the time because I still can't remember when my blasted MOT is due. I think it's probably due at some point. Yeah, it's gone. Let's do it now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just check, just in case they go. Well, actually, it was due tomorrow, or something like that. I can never remember. <laughs> never remember. But uh, here we go. And uh, can you remember the number? Uh, yeah. Oh, Lord, we're very clever now, aren't we? There you go, Bentley Gray. Yes. Right. Twenty fifth of August. Yeah, the uh, MOT runs out. That's okay, isn't it? 25th of August 2018. And the tax, I'm taxed until 2019. Which is lovely, isn't it? I always feel better when I do things like that in the morning. You know what it's like? You know, it's you, you sort of get bills in. And you'll all be thinking this, because this might be the first month that you've actually been straight. And you, uh, you'll be thinking to yourself, oh, have I got money coming in? Yeah, you've got the money coming in. The money's coming in. And you go, oh, there was a bill arrives that you weren't expecting. And that, that just ruins it for you, doesn't it? Uh, uh, you do longer than seven or eight hours when you go to Vegas, Steve. No, 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 not the way I go. No, we actually go, we don't, we don't stop at the traffic lights. I'll tell you what I did the other day. Where did I go? Where did I go? Where did I go? It was up because there was some, there was another race in London yesterday, another one authorised by the Barmy mayor. So that, you know, anybody who works on a Sunday, you're basically screwed if you come into town. And, um, and they put in extra traffic lights going up to Tottenham Court Road. There's no reason for it at all. There's no... There's no left turn or right turn or anything else. They've just stuck in a set of traffic lights. You've got to wait for those to... And you sit there forever and a day. 
think the mayor is just on a collision course with the whole of the uh, whole of the people out there. Yes, I mean, it's, here we go. Flying west to Vegas is fine, says Ian, because with time difference, you arrive three hours after you left. OK, did you get that one? Three hours after you... Does that make sense? Hopefully you'll understand that one. And um, flying back to the UK is harder. Listeners may find you're not quite as sharp as usual on the first, first show back, but you will have some lovely Tommy Bahama shirts and you get to meet my wife. What's not to love, says Ian. What's up? Heavens above, I mean, honestly. It's just too exciting, is it? But we still have the pantomime over here. You don't have pantomime in America. America can't do panto. They don't understand the cross-dressing bit. Well, they understand it, really. But they, uh, but it just doesn't work over there. I don't know why. Why do you have boxes of cream eggs in your car? Because I can. Because I can. They're not for me. I bring them in here. I bring them in here. You can always tempt people with a, you know, would you like a cream egg? please. And uh, people love it. I'm a bit, I'm a feeder. I'm a feeder. So that's why actually I flew to Australia, Steve says Jill uh, a few years ago, which had three shops in New York, Los Angeles, three stops, New York, Los Angeles and Auckland. Oh, right. I don't like the stopovers. I always remember when I was a child, we flew back from Hong Kong and we stopped off in Bombay. Now Mumbai. I preferred it when it's called Bombay. And all I remember is going into the... And we, we got off the aircraft. We were very tired. We were only little boys. I was only 10, 11. But I remember it to this day. I remember the smell that was in the airport. It was all white marble, everybody in white clothes. And we had a fizzy drink. And that's all I remember. I don't think you could get anything else apart from fizzy drinks. Funny things you remember from a childhood of such a long time ago. And we had the stopover. And then we arrived back in Stansted Airport in the early hours of the morning. When Stansted, shows how long ago it was was just two wooden huts. That's all it was. It was, uh, it was one of the, And now it's a huge international airport. And, uh, and there we were in a strange country, this one, because we've been away for two years, and I'd never turned the tap on before and drunk water because all the water that we had, we boiled. So I'd never actually... We went to, we went to our house. Unfortunately, the people who'd rented it hadn't moved out, so we then had to go to my grandmother's house. And you could turn on the water tap and drink out of it. I'd never done that. Never done it at all. Very bizarre. And I don't think she had a bathroom. I don't remember there being a bathroom anyway, but definitely the water thing was something that, that registered with me because in Hong Kong, you turned on the tap, boiled the water, then you let it cool down, and it worked uh, quite well. It's, uh, Ian tried to explain to the wife pantomime, who just looked blankly and says, I just don't get it. Is it? You can't explain pantomime to somebody, can you? I don't think so, anyway. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. You might be hearing a slight... Um... Can't hear it now. It's gone now. Typical, isn't it? I'm just, a, I'm just about to help you out of a dilemma because we had, I have a thing. Every so often, I've got an intermittent hum which comes through. Now, whether or not... I, I don't know what it is. I'm not technically qualified to work these things out, but I apologise. But uh, it appears to have gone now. But it might come back a bit later. I don't know, actually. I don't know whether or not it's my phone that makes it time. I don't think it would be. But, you know, years ago, they used to be effective. People came in for interview. You have to say, can you turn your phones off? Because it used to interfere with the equipment. It, doesn't, it hasn't done that for ages and ages. Uh, I went on the world's largest commercial flight from uh, Qatar, Doha, to Auckland in November, which is 17 hours, 45 minutes. Business class, says Martin. And uh, quite, see, I'm, I'm not sure I could do that long. It just seems a horrendous amount of time. If the seats are good enough, and uh, as I say, I can sleep on a postage stamp. I don't have any problem with things like that. Uh, 84850, 
Alan says, did you fill the car boot with Aldi Magnums? No, no, no. I'm, I'm still going to, uh, to Costco for those ones. Uh, most of us who understand Facebook live with its frailties, Steve. It's precisely why I won't have one until they're finally ironed out. Even if you close down your friends list, strangers can still see who most of them are just by checking out comments that they've left on your post, says Patrick. See, I mean, I don't understand it anyway, so it'd be a pointless exercise for me. I've only just coped with Twitter. I haven't done Instagram. Is Instagrams, that's one of those things you can do little postings. Pic- you can do pictures. All right. Oh, it's owned by Facebook, is it? Oh, right, OK. Born on the same day, 110 years ago, Bob and Alf, the oldest men in Britain. Uh, Alfred Smith, uh, he, he puts his longevity down to porridge. And he said, it's helpful. And having a job you enjoy... He says, I do ask myself, why me? Why have I lived so long when others haven't? He was born the fifth of six sons to farmers John and Jesse Smith in the village of Invergowrie, which is near Dundee. After educating, uh, he left at 14 and he started work. After school, at the age of 19, he and his four brothers emigrated to Canada together to seek their fortune. Uh, They set up their own farm in Saskatchewan, choosing the location because it sounded Scottish. 1937, married his wife, and they have two children, Irene and Alan, and um, he's, he's, he's still maintained links with his religion. First a member of the Free Church, he switched to the Church of Scotland in 1945 and has remained a worshipper to this day. He's 110, and he looks amazing. But mind you, so does England's oldest man, Robert Wayton. He turns 110... Thursday, this Thursday, and uh, will exchange cards with his exact contemporary in Scotland, Alfred Smith, who we talked about a minute ago. The pair learnt only three years ago that they were born on the same day in 1908 when Edward VII was king, which is lovely, isn't it? Anyway, he, he married Agnes. She died in 1995, aged 86, and his son Peter died in 2014. He now lives in a care complex of 46 privately owned flats with wardens on hand to help where needed. He's also tired of the congratulatory messages from the Queen saying she looked a bit miserable in the pictures. He says the current global situation is a total muddle. You've got Trump, Putin and political stalemate in Britain on Brexit. He's a Remainer, but says I've not lost my pride in being a Yorkshireman or British. He's beginning to sound like Michael Parkinson. E by gum laddie, we're proud to beat Yorkshireman. But isn't that amazing? 110, both born on the same day. It sounds like a, sounds like a musical, doesn't it? It really does. Um, oh, dear, what have we got here? This is, um, this is uh, the Liberace look for Elton John. I don't know what he's wearing, honestly. It must be very difficult being Elton John because he's, sort of, he's always on stage, but he does look... He looks like... I don't know what he's wearing. I really can't describe it, but it's, it's certainly very camp. And can somebody explain to me why there's a Bowie statue in... Aylesbury. Um, he was known, of course, for his South London roots and for his globe-trotting lifestyle, but now he's in Aylesbury. And uh, they say fans raised the cash to put the bronze sculpture there because the musician debuted. Uh, de- yeah. Uh, debuted. De- debuted. Uh, Ziggy Stardust at Friday's Music Club in the town in 1972. And so the statue is called Earthly Messenger. It was unveiled in the Market Square yesterday. Do you know he died in 2016? 2016? It's got speakers above it, and every hour it plays a Bowie tune. That won't last long, will it? I can just tell it's just not going to last long. I can see it's one of those things. Uh, Wishing you a Merry Easter with Christmas crackers. 
And um, they've got Turkey Crown for Easter. Plus they've got Panettone with a twist. And Egg Baubles, a set of 12 brightly coloured eggs from John Lewis, which costs eight quid. And you can get chocolate eggs, and they, they look like little sort of hen's eggs and stuff like that. And that's it. It's, we've all gone completely round the bend. Completely round the bend. Why on earth we want to celebrate <coughs> Excuse me, Easter like that? It's supposed to be religious. It's not supposed to be sort of pictures of chickens and everything else. Uh, I did get... A friend of mine, Ian, sent me the Hallmark Christmas movies for 2018. 32 new ones this year. I mean, for us, for us suckers who are into the Christmas and the festive season, I'm afraid we're like a pig in heaven on this thing. Give us a, give us a pantomime and give us some Christmas movies and it's, it's sorted. It's all sorted. Uh, Steve says, John, I was wondering what the interference was. Yes, I know, thank you. Uh, John and Jilly listening out here in Italy. Italia. And uh, somebody says that people can hear it, says Andrew, in and around London. It's gone now. It's finished. It's been cleared up. I pushed a button and it vanished. He says, fibbing. I didn't push a button at all. It just stopped. It's always the way, isn't it? You know, you, you end up with toothache and you go, I'll go to the dentist. You book in, you sit in the dentist and all of a sudden it goes. And you go, perhaps I should go. Perhaps I should go. And then the dentist goes, and you're next, Stephen. Oh, God. It's gone. I'm OK now. Look, la, 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 la. It's fine. Well, let's have a look, shall we? <laughs> we all hate it, don't we? Uh, George Aligaya says his cancer uh, could have been caught much earlier in Scotland. But generally speaking, men are so bad at this this sort of thing. Bobby Ewing, here he is, Patrick Duffy, at the age of uh, 70. Uh, the skin's acquired a few wrinkles. His hair has gone grey. Um, he's a practising Buddhist. What's that got to do with it? I've got no idea. But uh, they tell you he stayed with the show until it ended in 1991. Because he was killed off and then he came back in the shower. And it was all a bit, we're going, oh, please, don't be so silly. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, also, whose birthday we're celebrating today? Somebody very famous. Um, Diana Ross, happy birthday to the uh, former lead singer of the Supremes. Uh, she's 74 today. Do you remember she had that bit of an incident at Heathrow Airport? She vowed never to come back to the country because one of the people up there touched her inappropriately. It's happened to everybody, I think. Uh, also, William Haig. He's only 57. I thought he was so much older than that. 57 is William Hague, uh, former Conservative MP and Foreign Secretary from Rotherham. Uh, also, Ludwig van Beethoven died on this day. He's only 56. Only 56 over uh, Beethoven. Uh, and also, uh, in 1981, you'll not remember this, but I remember this vividly, the Gang of Four launched their new party, the Social Democrats. That was Roy Jenkins, David Owen, William Rogers and Shirley Williams. I remember that vividly, very, very well indeed. Also born on this day, Tennessee Williams. He was the man who did a streetcar named Desire, Cat on a Hot Tim Roof, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and that was it. If you're celebrating your birthday today, though, I wish you many happy returns of the day. Hope you have a lovely day. Uh, killer junkie out in a frock. This is the maniac who stabbed girls 66 times, gets day release. Blimey. Well, in fact, I, I don't quite know whether or not the junkie, uh, William Jaggs, who stabbed Lucy Brahm 66 times, is allowed out as part of a phased release. But I don't know if he's a cross-dresser or... I, I really can't work it out because he just looks exactly the same, just with a skirt on. And so I don't, I don't really know. I'm just confused as to why somebody 
would actually stab somebody 66 times and then gets day release. How do they work that one out? How do they work that one out? Uh, also, Stephen Fry, not in a good place at the moment. He says he lives in fear of having another nervous breakdown. Don't you dare. Don't you dare, Steve. That would be absolutely inappropriate. You must not have another breakdown at all. We're all here for you. Oh, look, Lucy Mecklenburg in her underwear. There's a bit of a rarity, isn't it? Lucy Mecklenburg, who um, is wearing her finest black lingerie. Uh, she's got a boyfriend, Ryan Thomas. Uh, they met a year ago uh, on the, uh, the island with Bear Grylls, but she spends a lot of time on holiday and wearing her underwear. I don't quite know whether the two go together. It's all slightly, uh, slightly peculiar. Uh, the other story, which was... Um, <laughs> yes, this is uh, Mr Corbyn again. And uh, the Labour leader, Jeremy, was under uh, fire last night, accused of viewing Jewish people as a hostile entity and class enemy. He's not helping himself, is he, really? He's backtracking like mad on this one. He was savaged by Jewish community leaders for siding with anti-Semites again and again. The British Board of Deputy of British Jews has now said enough is enough and vowed to confront MPs outside Parliament tonight. Of course, you know, as usual, with anybody who's confronted with these sort of things, they go, oh, no, I didn't mean that. What I meant was this, or I didn't mean that, or no, I don't know what you're talking about. The campaign against anti-Semitism separately branded Labour racist and said it had filed a complaint about Mr Corbyn with the party. It follows his admission last week that he defended anti-Jewish artwork posted on Facebook in 2012. He said he regrets not looking more closely at the image. In other words, didn't engage your brain before you opened your mouth, did you really? It's going to get you into a lot of trouble. The Board of Deputies president, who is uh, Jonathan uh, Arkush, and also Jewish Leadership Council chairman Jonathan Goldstein, said Mr Corbyn holds views that are instinctively hostile to Jews. Mr Corbyn last night insisted he condemns anti-Semitism and said he would meet representatives of the Jewish community, but he refused to apologise and sources claimed he would snub tonight's meeting. Well, there you go. I don't know, some people are so, uh, so arrogant you can't do anything about it, can you? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6. 26 minutes to 6 on a Monday. Ugh. You hate it, don't you? You can't wait for the Easter weekend to actually arrive. Uh, apparently, Ryan Thomas has popped up on Neighbours, says Ron. Where have you been? Where are you? Are you born on another planet or something? He did it six months ago. Goodness me, honestly, you need to listen carefully to LBC. Uh, Jay says, last year I did the London to San Francisco 11-hour flight, then had eight hours downtown, then did San Francisco to Singapore 17 hours, 10 minutes. I'm lucky I travel as a friend works for United and I travel as his enrolled friend. Flew 100,000. And, um, oh, right. It's the drink, isn't it? The knack is too long drinking 275 millilitres of water and avoiding sugar and salt during the flight and take cereal bars. I don't do cereal bars. I don't think I've ever done cereal bars. But I, I could, as long as I get a cup of tea, seriously, and a bottle of water, I'm quite happy. I couldn't care less. I'm, I was never one of those who went for the peanuts. You know, people go, oh, can we have the peanuts? We'll have some of those free peanuts. Not for me. I couldn't care less. I'd rather get the colouring book. Uh, Simon says, I was very angry when I put my clothes on this morning. Does that make me a cross-dresser? I would think in Stockholm you'd have to be, wouldn't you, because of the weather. You know, the very idea. You know, a lot of market traders wear tights. I thought I'd mention that now, you know, just in case you were worried about it. Uh, the BBC has commissioned its first series from Simon Cowell's production company, which is Psycho. It's going to be called The Greatest Dancer. Due to be screened on Saturday nights next spring... The pilot show featured uh, Cheryl Tweedy, but please God, we don't have to have her on it. Alicia Dixon, 
and Ashley Banjo. Oh, no, Jordan Banjo. How many banjos are there? There are like loads of banjos. Uh, Glee star Matthew Morrison and professional Strictly dancer Oti Mabuse made up the coaching plan. They're all favourites to replicate their roles in the series. Kate Phillips, BBC Entertainment Commissioner, said, I can't wait to work with Psycho and Thames to uncover talent and let the audience critique and celebrate the nation's unsung dance heroes. Oh, sod off. Don't be so bald. What a... Oh, there are enough of these talent competitions. How dreary and ancient of the BBC to come up with something like that. Oh, it's another dance programme. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, do me a favour, give me a pair of roller skates. Who cares? And they say here, you know, uh, to, uh, to celebrate the nation's unsung dance heroes. Who gives us stuff? Nobody cares about the unsung dance heroes. You want them, go down to the little dance schools. Go and sit, go and sit there and watch them. Not it's a cheap NAF programme on a Saturday night. That's all it is. I mean, who cares? So Psycho's producing it, which is um, Simon Cowell's production company, and they'll do it with, with Thames, so it's a joint production. But, I mean, who ca- that's the best the BBC can manage. They've got an army of people who sit in a room there, like a suite of offices, who come up with the idea with programme formats. And they're, they're, that's the best they've come up with. I'd get rid of them all. I'd fire them. They're obviously idiots. Complete idiots. Quite ridiculous. Quite ridiculous. Another dance... If it's not a singing programme, it's a dance programme. Or East European circus acts who pop up on Britain's Got Talent. The moment you see two people on a swing, or two people doing a balancing act, they're a professional circus act. OK? Simple as that. And we have to put up with it. Gosh, truth, honestly. Uh, £100 million to fix potholes. I know, to my cost. I fell in one. I must have done, although I didn't realise I'd fallen in one. But uh, it's costing... I wouldn't like to imagine what it's costing me. But uh, the car's been in for a few days now, trying to have the wheels sorted out, because I was sort of slightly slightly juddery. And you can't drive a car like that. That's ridiculous. I've got the blooming MOT coming up in August. Goodness sake. Uh, also, rampant sexism. It's always got to be rampant, hasn't it? Why can't it just be sexism, but no rampant? has been exposed at the top of the legal profession. A woman's legal online forum reported that a judge asked a trainee barrister her favourite sex position before inviting her to his place for a nightcap. What? A second judge complimented a woman's barrister's appearance and then asked a male colleague if he was enjoying the view. Another woman, hoping to discuss a trial heard a senior male barrister announce, what a privilege to have such a shapely prosecutor. What? The incidents emerged in an article backing the Time Up movement and written for Council, the magazine of the Bar Council, by Selina Plowden and Kate Bruner, QC. It says, sexual harassment, particularly directed at the younger members of our profession who need the most help to speak out. In a 2016 survey of women barristers by the regulator, the Bar Standards Board, 40% said they'd been the victim of harassment at work, but just two had dared make formal complaints in five years. Well, blimey, if they're not making complaints, nobody else is going to be bothering, are they, really? That dreadful. At the top of the... I always thought there was something odd about these men wearing these wigs. Not normal, is it? Mind you, did you read the other day, Boy George made some comment about, you know, keep your wig on. Uh, because it's just an expression he uses because of that sort of thing. Somebody wrote and complained to him, I have to wear a wig for medical reasons, and laid into him like there's no tomorrow. He said, I wasn't talking to you. He said, I was talking generally. I've always used that expression. Get over yourself. You know what people are like now? The internet trolls, they seem to come in all shapes and sizes. Five rowdy Brits, surely not, flying to Vegas for a stag do, were arrested by the Mounties after forcing the plane to divert to Canada. 
The flight from Manchester landed in Winnipeg. Due to disruptive behaviour, the boozy men were led off the jet in handcuffs and hauled in for questioning by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who confirmed they were arrested for mischief and causing a disturbance. Fantastic. Get them all. I see, I've just opened the door and pushed them out. I wouldn't have worried about anything else at all. Two passengers wrote on social media they had to kick some so-and-sos off the flight before they could continue the trip. I mean, it's ridiculous. Las Vegas via Winnipeg. Honestly. uh, Five people were offloaded. Uh, A police spokesman said none of the males resisted officers, all were escorted off in handcuffs without incident. I mean, you remember last week, four women kicked off an EasyJet flight from Manchester to Cyprus being rowdy. That'll be another word for drunk. Four women drunk on a flight. You can well imagine, can't you? What is it? Is Manchester becoming the hotbed of drunks? You know, everywhere. I mean, surely when, when they're at the airport, can't they spot drunks? Are they a bit simple or something? You know, because normally, if, I've seen it before. They used to do this programme on flying and they'd go, I'm sorry, you've had too much to drink. I have, have I saw. No, you, you've had too much to drink. I'll I go home. And they go, no, you're not going home. You're, you're drunk. They had a bloke the other day on one of these police programmes. His car was in the ditch. He was so drunk, they could barely wake him up. When they eventually woke him up, he pretended that he was sort of some member of the forces from years ago. He was, he was so drunk, he was off the scale. They took him to the police station, and he thought he was, it was some sort of gurning exercise, where he started making faces at the camera. And they said, what's your name? Oh, uh, telling you. He was that dr- This bloke was behind the wheel of a car. Seriously. Honestly, it made all these other people who'd been stopped for drink driving look almost as if they hadn't even started. This one was so, so full of it. Anyway, they just threw him in a cell. And then he was banned from driving for five years. I kept thinking, do you reckon he'll ever get the, behind the wheel of a car? Of course he will. They had some stupid woman as well. She'd, um, she'd been stopped. She'd crashed at a traffic light. How that happened, I don't know. Anyway, he's got a lovely dog on the front seat of the car. Little little spaniel, which was weeing itself left, right and centre. Obviously, you know, a, a dog that wasn't trained and was a bit too highly strung. And so they arrest her. They put her in handcuffs and she immediately kicks off. Get these handcuffs off me! And we, we do the whole drama queen bit. Even when, when he said, I'm not taking them off you and you're making this worse. When, the, when they get to the police station, take them off me! She went through this whole bit and then she did the fake collapsing on the ground. And he said, listen, he said, you can act all you like, but you're at the police station and you're under arrest for drink driving. And so they get there and they have to stand in front of the duty sergeant who checks them in, you know, double uh, with an ensuite. Was that, you know, would you like your own toilet, soft paper or the Izel stuff, you know? And uh, and they, they said, have you ever been arrested before? Yes. Uh, what for? Drink drive. She'd been done for drink driving before. <laughs> I'd have locked the old bag up and thrown the key away. I'm terribly sorry, dear. You're too stupid for words. And then she goes, I'll probably lose my job. And I'm thinking, I hope to God you will. I hope to God somebody's seen you on television and uh, and they're going to kick you off. What an idiot. What an idiot. Far too dangerous. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a market trader, Steve. I don't wear tights. I wear stockings. Well, you know, that's to each his own. But apparently that's what people do. It keeps your legs warm. Because sometimes you see girls... It's going to sound really bad, this, isn't it? But, you know, in the morning when it's cold and they've got no tights on or something like that, and you look at their legs and you think, aren't you cold? But is there some rule in schools nowadays that you can't wear tights or stockings? Because I've never seen anything like it. They've got these little skirts, and I mean little skirts. I mean, barely covering your bottom, 
And then they've got, and they're all so loud and rowdy. Ooh, oh, shut up. Shut up. And they're all chatting away and sort of getting... They're all on their phones. How they afford it, I've got no idea. But they're all on the telephones. And then you look at their little blue and red legs and you think, doesn't your mother go and buy you a pair of stockings or something to put on? Or tights? You can get some nice woolen tights now. Not that I know. I don't want you to start thinking I'm a cross-dressing presenter. But even if I... It's got nothing to do with you anyway. I wear what I want to do. I quite like this chenille. It's quite nice anyway. The off-the-shoulder bit's very good, but you get these marks. Isn't that the worst thing? Marks on your shoulders. How you girls manage. Uh, there was one... What did they do the other day? It was a survey about a bra. Most popular bra. Apparently, three million women wear this one bra. I mean, I suppose you have to wait a few years for it to come round to your turn, but eventually you get to wear it. Uh, two days until the uh, freeze comes in again. That's what they've said. So you're going to have Monday, Tuesday. So today you can wear your tights. Well, not bother wearing your tights. And then by the time you get to Monday, Wednesday, it's coming in. They say it'll last a fortnight. Oh, I just thought it was for Easter. No, no, no. It's a fortnight. Millions of travellers rushing to get away. It means fresh roads, rail and air mayhem. Sub-zero lows will hit overnight. They reckon uh, five degrees. Worsted areas, the northeast, Lincolnshire, East Anglia. Because it's, uh, it's, it's coming in. This is after the beast from the east and storm Emma. Roads were blocked. Train services axed and flights grounded. A mini beast followed. And the temperatures are now sort of picking up. But it's, it's going to drop down again midweek. The uh, Met Office says rain, snow and hail will sweep in from the west. Blooming west, honestly. What have we ever done to the west for them to send all that stuff in? This month's average temperature has been 3.1 degrees centigrade. Which is lower than the normal 9 degrees. Good grief. Laura, Laura Peterson, Patterson, who's a chief operational meteorologist, said the ground is warmer and the sun stronger, so snowfall should be subdued. Very idea it's going to snow is quite ridiculous, isn't it? It's not good, is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 10 to 6, Monday, 26th of March. Now, I'm all in favour of saving the planet. I'm all in. I'm all in favour of doing that. You know, I can do my little bit, although I do fall down a bit on recycling. I'm not particularly good at recycling, so but I'll, I'll do anything else. However, I will not eat meat, meat balls made from insects. But you can buy them at IKEA. The crispy bug balls, as they're called, are made of mealworms, carrots, parsnips, and beetroot. Part of a new range aimed at saving the planet. Uh, 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 uh. Not for me. The Swedish flat pack giant is developing more sustainable dishes to beat a looming global food crisis. And so other smart foods include the bug burger, where the meat is replaced with beetroot, parsnip, potatoes and a dollop of mealworms. They're obsessed with mealworms. I know I've seen people eat them before and they're in chocolate and toffee and all sorts of things like that. Uh, the pate is topped with a, a black currant and beetroot ketchup. <laughs> in the dogless hot dog... Meat is swapped for baby carrots and topped by seaweed. And apparently the bright green bun is made from algae. You say, I mean, I think that's taken it too far. There was a journalist down in Plymouth, I think it is, and um, she decided to see how much it would cost to live every day. So she spent a pound on her food every day. And so she was eating things like um, soup and porridge and stuff like that. She said at the end of the week she felt really depressed. Really depressed because she didn't think that... Although, actually, I think if you've got a pound to spend, you could probably go out and buy some 
you know, some vegetables, couldn't you? And sort of make something. If you've got access to a liquidizer, you make yourself a, ni- a really nice healthy soup. Would that, would that be a good thing? Because yeah, it's only when you waste stuff by, by, by buying ready meals that you suddenly realise how much everything costs. I mean, I went out the other day and I bought a few little items, 25 quid. Straight off, straight off like that. And that's not even going to last a week. But admittedly, I did buy some, uh, some soup. I did buy some, uh, some haddock chowder again. I didn't, I didn't feel I could go back to Sandy's and say, could you do me some more? I felt a bit, bit guilty about the whole thing. Why are the Britons so bad abroad, says uh, Paulio. I've seen so much of that on the Mediterranean holidays. It's, um, unfortunately, you know the big thing? That, that people go on holiday, they drink copious amounts. We know this because I've, I've seen all the programmes about the boys and girls who go and then their parents turn up and watch them behaving really badly. And then you get other people who aren't being filmed for television programmes and they seem to think that on your balcony, 15 floors up, when you've had a bottle of whiskey, you can jump to the other balcony. Well, there's more people just die. I mean, I don't, I don't know why anybody would ever think you could... It's like tombstoning. Have you ever seen that, where they jump into the sea from... And you think, are you mad? I wouldn't do anything... I mean, that's why I find it difficult enough doing stairs without worrying about anything else. When you mentioned about the next cold snap going to hit the northeast, is that of Scotland or Newcastle, says Brian? Probably both. Probably both, I should imagine. He says, I'm heading to Elgin in the northeast of Scotland for Easter and my birthday. There you go. And uh, Howard says, I'm currently wearing stockings and suspenders. And I'm not even a market trader. Well, there you go. You see, we, we, we don't discriminate on this programme. I couldn't care less. You could all be sitting there in your pyjamas and it wouldn't make any difference to me whatsoever. I, of course, am stark naked at the moment. And that's what makes the programme more entertaining. And also fly by fairly quickly. It's also a little bit chilly. Uh, what about high-heeled shoes? Uh, Steve, I remember in that scene, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon. In drag, tottering along the station platform in Some Like It Hot, with Jack uh, muttering, how do they walk in these things? Something I've often wondered myself. It's not natural to walk along with half of both feet stuck up in the air. That's why feet are flat, so they're level with the pavement and the floors, don't they realise? I saw somebody the other day crossing in front of as I was coming in to work on Sunday, and she's walking across the road in bare feet. And the, you know how filthy they are. She's holding her shoes. What a ridiculous idiot she must have been. Why did you try them? When, when we ever bought shoes when we were younger, and you must have done the same, your mum would make you walk up and down the shop to make sure they... Do they hurt? No, they're all right. Both that they're all all right, are they? Yes, they're fine. Now, see, so you walk up and down again. Your mother... I don't know what she was looking for. No idea. But then when these people buy these high-heeled shoes to make themselves look taller, they just actually manage to do things so dreadful to their feet, it'll take years to repair the damage. Because I see them. We see them through Leicester Square. There's loads of them walking in high heels and then they take them off and they hold the shoes and then they... It's really embarrassing. I don't think shops should be allowed to sell shoes to people who are idiotic. That would, you know, it's just a silly thing to do, isn't it? Uh, rock and Deck. Sounds like chips, doesn't it? Or something like that. Yes, Hollywood stars lined... Can I just offer some advice to the producer of Saturday Night Takeaway? We're not remotely interested in The Rock or Bruce Willis, or anybody else turning up on Saturday Night Takeaway. They're Americans. They don't know the show. Why waste money? Why waste money? Deck can do it by himself. There's enough people rallying around the Stephen Malherns, the scarlet fraudulent Moffat woman. As long as she doesn't do anything to do with diets, we're all right with, but even she's a bit boring. What did somebody describe her as the other day? Oh, bone idle. Bone idle. 
That's what somebody said of her, because she's just lazy. So, in fact, that was Jane Irving, who is the woman behind the companies that make these DVDs. And she said of Scarlett Moffat, she's so lazy. I thought she'd never done a day's work in her life, as she just sat on a couch watching television. And apparently that makes you a celebrity in this day and age. Small wonder she's piled the pounds back on again. But anyway, so can I just tell the producers of Saturday Night Takeaway? He'll be fine. Don't waste your money, or anybody else's money, bringing over idiots like The Rock and Bruce Willis. Who cares? They're nothing to do with this country. Nothing to do with Saturday Night Takeaway. They've got a load of other people who can do it. What a stupid thing to say. How embarrassing for so-called British celebrities. Admittedly, we don't have many. You know, but we, the ones we've got, we quite, you know, we quite like. You know, we just don't need to go to America to get these. Who is The Rock, anyway? He's called The Rock. What is he? He used to be a wrestler. What do we want him for? What do we want him for? He's not going to boost your audience attendances. He's not going to get people going, oh, we must watch Saturday Night Takeaway. We're watching it for deck, OK? Take my word for it. That's how it works. We're not interested. Bruce Willis. Bruce who? We don't need him. Thank you very much indeed. You might as well stick... Um, Paddy McGuinness's wife on there. She's desperate for any bit of publicity she can grab. She's, Bruce Willis is also fairly ancient. Don't, don't get him out of retirement. It's awful. And The Rock must be in a cemetery somewhere, isn't he? They'll have to dig him up. I mean, put it away. I mean, if you're really desperate for Saturday Night Takeaway, as I say, you could put Paddy McGuinness's wife on there and then we'll all suddenly realise what a bore she turns out to be. Almost as dreary and as dull as Rebecca Vardy. Let's please God she's nowhere near the programme as well. Uh, shut... Twit. Just shut twit. That's what they're saying. This is Danny uh, Dyer. That's the bloke as opposed to the daughter who's also called Danny Dyer. I know. Not not the best, is it? And uh, he says he hates the uh, the aggravation. I thought he sold himself as a hard man, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm a hard man. I do this. All that kind of stuff. He came in to do one of my programmes years and years ago. And he came in, well the worse for wear, from the night before. and uh, And he said to me, Every other word was a swear word, so I, I cannot do it in the way that he would do it. He said, how long's this programme, mate? And in those days, it was an hour, and I went, an hour. And he went, oh, my God, and collapsed onto the table. And he, he sort of opened one eye, and he went, what are we going to effing talk about? I said, oh, I don't know, we'll think of something. Oh, my God. I mean, you could see it was like the worst thing that ever occurred. And then I had the bloke behind Wallace and Gromit, who was also in Last of the Summer Wine, Peter Salas. And, um, and he came into the building. I only tell you this out of curiosity. Um, and I said, oh, the lift's broken. I said, we've just got to go up one, one flight of stairs. And he looked at me and went, stairs? I went, yeah. So anyway, he laboured the stairs. We went, one at a time. Stop, eat a sandwich, have a cup of tea, next stair. And so it went. Eventually, we sort of got him in the studio. And uh, I phoned his agent afterwards. She went, how did it go? I said, it went fine. And I said, she, I said, I'm sorry, but the lift was out of order. She said, oh, he's always moaning about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I didn't. But uh, poor, it, it was Danny Dyer and his, um, his, um, his language. Which actually, at the time, I thought, oh, quite funny. Look, looking back on it, it sounds even funnier. Uh, so the big guns hired to help Deck. Please don't bring them in. Please, please, please do not waste our time and embarrass him. He doesn't need anybody. They've got enough people working on that programme. You know, you can bring in Robbie Williams. You can bring in... He's only got two shows to do, for God's sake. Or is it three? Might have two, actually. And... Sorry? Oh, sorry, Robert Williams. I do beg your pardon, actually. I'm so sorry. We have changed it from Robbie uh, to Robert Williams. And, uh, and somebody says here, speak for yourself, the rock and deck uh, would be great. No, it wouldn't be. Don't be so stupid. We don't want some failed old has-been 
actor coming over here going, yeah, because I'm the rock. Go away. This is the United Kingdom, OK? <sighs> Dear me, honestly. Uh, Steve, the blue and red cold bear leg look. Tartan legs, we used to call them. Uh, says Kim. P.S. Tony Cart- uh, Curtis gussied up in Some Like It Hot as to be one of the sexiest men in drag. I thought they were funny, but it was that opening line going down the station platform. I'd probably look quite good in drag, actually. Certainly not making much of an impression dressed as a man, so we might as well try something else, mightn't we? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I could be the first transgender presenter on LBC. I wonder whether that would go down. Now... There's a little bit more than just dressing. Oh, right, OK. Oh, not too sure. Also, I quite like the gents' toilets as well. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Monday morning, 26th of the uh, of the uh, the March, which means we're heading into snow and floods and pestilence and all the rest of it that they can chuck at us. I remember, actually, I'm sure it was a few years back, that we did have snow over Easter. And uh, I thought that seemed OK, as long as it's not too cold. I don't want the cold again. Uh, in keeping with uh, this programme, bringing you uh, as many has-beens as we possibly can in the space of three hours, we found another two from Made in Chelsea. Unfortunately, you won't have heard of them, but uh, they feature in OK magazines. So they must be huge international celebrities. And here they are, blonde babe Olivia. Well, blonde this week. It depends what colour it says on the packet. She's been inseparable. She's 22. She's obviously a bit of a simpleton. From um, her boyfriend. And he's called Digby Edgley. Good old Digby. Uh, Digby looks about 60, but turns out to be 24. And they've been dating, apparently, for a whole six months. And they're thinking about moving in together. This is just racy-pacy stuff from two people you've never heard of and you hope you never hear of ever again. However, imagine the, uh, the scenario. Here she is. Cheryl. Cheryl, over here, pop it. Um, uh, this is Cheryl Tweedy, OK? <laughs> You must recognise her. Uh, she, she, she was in a popsicle group some time ago. Anyway, now she's apparently queen of the dance. The BBC have commissioned the programme that she appeared as a, as a mentor on. Not that she knows anything about dance. And this is another dreary programme which the BBC are going to foist on you on a Saturday night with a few people now who appear to be interchangeable between Simon Cowell programmes. So they might use her, they might not. But to be honest with you, what I should imagine Cheryl Tweedy knows about dance, you could write on a grain of sand. They said this will be... Uh, Freestyle dancing, uh, including ballet, jazz, hip-hop or Bollywood. I mean, I shouldn't imagine Cheryl's got the faintest idea what jazz is, because I've never seen any evidence of it. I shouldn't imagine she's got the faintest idea what Bollywood is either. What on earth would you ever be using her for on this programme? Uh, the, the commissioning editor, who's one of these people who sits there in an office and goes, oh, this is, you know, the BBC is the home of dance. I don't think it is, actually. I don't really, I really don't think it's the home of dance. And so they've got, you know, Alicia Dixon, who you could definitely put on there. But uh, Cheryl, no, she'll spend most of her time looking glassy-eyed, staring into the distance, wondering where her boyfriend's gone. And, uh, and she'll be sort of sitting there on a dance programme. I'm not sure she's up to the standard. I don't think she is. But uh, they're saying that because the show has been commissioned, it won't happen till next year. So she's, uh, they say because Cheryl is picking her projects carefully... There aren't any projects. There is nothing for Cheryl. I mean, so she's going to have to wait till next year. Good Lord, it's going to be a very cold winter, dear. Very cold winter when this thing finally sort of takes off. And there's no evidence that she's going to be on it anyway. The British public have lost interest. Nobody cares. So she won't hit the charts. She doesn't have a record label at the moment. So what is she? Answer, unemployable. 
She does a little couple of things for L'Oreal and that's it. Nothing else going on at all. Mind you, did you read this over the weekend? I got quite, quite disturbed, actually, that apparently Professor Stephen Hawking, buried in Westminster Abbey, well, his ashes will be, um, he was convinced the Russians were spying on him and tried to steal his theories. Why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that? The scientist, he also believed that the KGB bugged his wheelchair. Well, when did that happen? Presumably, you know, it must have been when he was around it. His first wife says, we were warned to behave uh, as though our hotel rooms were bugged and just for our own safety, before all our colleagues we'd be meeting. So um, apparently Hawking wanted to meet scientists, including Yakov Borisvich, uh, who played a crucial role in developing the Soviet Union's nuclear powers under Joseph Stalin. What's that got to do with what's in the future? Absolutely nothing at all. But because of his fear of the KGB, Del Zeldovich relayed his theories to the British genius through one of his associates. And you don't think the Russians knew about that. My God, we do underestimate, don't we? But uh, so he thought... And also, they're looking as well for the secret lover of Sergei Skripal, hunted by the police. He had a secret lover. But I thought it was only a few days ago. We were told that he wrote to Putin saying, could he come back and live in Russia again? Obviously didn't really like Salisbury, which is a shame, actually, because it's a lovely place. And also the parking's free. I can park free in Salisbury because nobody's going shopping there. They're all saying, let's go somewhere else, shall we? Much easier. But he had a, he had a lover. My God, these spies, I tell you. You can't trust them, can you? You'd never know who's living amongst you. You wouldn't know. I could be working with a group of sleepers. I wouldn't know. They wouldn't know either, probably. And uh, how about Michael Barrymore for Saturday Night Takeaway, says Mary. Give him a well-deserved new break. Well, he's popping up on this um, Larry Grayson programme. First time in 16 years he's been on the television. He was in Twickenham shopping the other day. My spies out there went, guess who was around? I said, oh, they went, Michael Barrymore. Really? Interesting. Very interesting. Because if you remember, Michael Barrymore's career collapsed after the Stuart Lubbock incident. And I can only call it an incident because nobody's ever been charged. Nothing at all. We've had Stuart Lubbock's father, who's sort of flounced up and down high streets and theatres and everything else, accusing Barrymore of all sorts of things, which, if there was any evidence, he would have been charged. But he wasn't. And so, effectively, his career finished. He was one of ITV's top stars. Admittedly, sometimes he went a bit round the bend. And he had little sort of episodes. But uh, most people that we surveyed the other day wouldn't have had any, any problem with him coming back onto television. Give him a game show. You know, see if he's still got it. He might not have. He might. We don't know. We don't know. But at least give him a chance, for goodness sake. As I say, if he'd been charged with something, I could understand it. But there was no charging. This was just Stuart Lubbock's father trying to look for answers, which nobody knew the... The answers to the questions that he was putting forward. So uh, bring him back. Uh, I'm normally a regular spiker, says Charlie. Unfortunately, my shifts have been changing quicker than Love Island bikinis. Oh, dear. What, that fast? We do worry about Love Island. They go, oh, look, who is this? It'll be some creepy-looking person. Lots and lots of makeup and hardly wearing anything. And you get... I always say, years ago, it used to be, if you didn't know who somebody was on a reality show, they were from Hollyoaks. Now you go, Love Island... And it's generally right. It's Love Island. It's sort of, it's just, it's just tacky, tacky, tacky territory. It really is. Uh, Steve, lovely to hear your voice again. I went to Albia in Alicante for my birthday. Our birthday, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, felt a bit depressed as it's first day back at work. But not now. I've tuned into LBC. I'll never get depressed when you come back to work. That means you're in the wrong job. If you seriously, you know, get to, if, if you're coming back into work, you've been away for a holiday and then you go, I'm back into work. I, mean, I always go, look, it's Monday. 
26th of, of March. We're racing through. You've got the Easter break coming up, so you're going to have a nice little time. Admittedly, if the weather's a bit rubbish, we'll have to put up with that, but that's okay. We can do things like that. It's not difficult. And then you sort of, then you look forward to the next day. There's always something to look forward to. There's always try and find something in each day that makes you think, oh, that's actually nice. I, I, I quite like that. I like, you know, I like doing that. And then if you like it, you do it again tomorrow. Isn't that good? You can do things like that. You, sh- you, should, you should definitely do something every day that sort of, you know, do a, do a nice deed. I was sat on the, oh, I'm, well, I say sat on the bus the other day. Second time I've seen this woman on the bus. She's got one of those trolley things, which is piled high with food and everything else. I mean, people like that should be barred from buses. I'm sorry, they really should be. Because what she does is she takes up a whole seat all by herself. She sits down and moves the truck. So nobody can sit there. Nobody can sit there. Rude woman. Got off the bus by Marble Hill Park. And I remember shouting out the window, rude! I didn't. I just sort of made that bit up. But I thought to myself, it's ghastly, isn't it? And then there were two people arguing on the bus. Two young girls. And I could hear it. And I was sitting halfway down in the disabled seating. And and, and she's going, well, I had to do it. And the other one says, no, you didn't. She said, I did. My mum said I had to. And this went on for the whole journey. The time we got to the other end, I knew their life history. At least we got rid of the woman with the shopping trolley. Which was my favourite. But uh, where did I go the other day? Oh, yes, I went to use uh, Waitrose. I got as far as Waitrose to get some of this milk. And all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming urge to use the toilet. So I said to her, I said, have you got a toilet? Yes, we have, she says, just around the corner there. I thought, OK. So I go around the corner. And what it is, it's a disabled toilet. And it's a man's toilet. And it's a woman's toilet. And it's a baby changing thing. And it was engaged. And I stood there for about four minutes. I thought, what are they doing in there? What are they? And nobody emerged from it. You feel like banging on the door and going, Get out! Somebody out here who's genuinely in need of the toilet. Oh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I was happy. I was happy because then I, I went, went sort of off and then I got a bus and, and that was quite empty, which is good, actually. I don't like it in the morning, uh, you know, when the, when the kids are all over the buses. They're so loud. Why are children so loud nowadays? Everything, they scream and shout and the girls are all chatting away on their phones and then, then they talk about homework. And then there was one girl, she got on the bus and I'm sitting next to this schoolgirl who looked about 11 or 12. And the girl gets on the bus and she touches the other one and the leg goes, hi. The other one goes, oh, hi. That's about the extent of the conversation. And that was it for the whole journey. The next thing, they're both on their telephones. And I wanted to say to the one next to me, have you got nothing to say to her at all? Hi. Hi. I thought, do parents realise what their kids say? And they've all got... Bags like you've never seen. Oh, they seriously thought one of them was moving house for her parents. She's got bags and this, and then and then her homework. She's holding the homework, and the homework was obviously create a design in wallpaper. I don't know what sort of school this was, but nevertheless, and she's holding her sample of wallpaper, and I'm looking at it thinking, well, that's rubbish. And I wanted to say to her, you won't get anything with that. That's rubbish. But I thought, no. Do not be rude, Steve. It's not like you. It's not in your nature to be... Well, it is. But, I mean, it's not in my nature to say something... Because you can't talk to kids on the bus. You're not allowed to. In fact, I always have to look at the floor. The police could be there in minutes. I could be hauled off the bus. What was he doing? He was touching my wallpaper. Well, he shouldn't be, should he? And I have to go... But I was just trying to be helpful. I'm Steve Allen. I'm on the radio. I do the early breakfast on LBC. Don't touch her wallpaper. I could... You know, the whole thing could... I could have police cars, sirens, everything... I could be hauled off the bus. Get, I've got a free pass. I'm free. I could be in court within the hour. Oh, dear me. But you can't help it, can you? I can't help but be nosy and listen in to other people's conversations on the buses. I'm sitting next to another woman the other day. And the bloke in front, she's tapping him on the shoulder. He's totally ignoring it. And eventually he turns to, oh, hello, Meg. 
And I'll, I'll go, oh, God, we're going to have this one. And all the way through, he's with another woman sitting in front of us, but he's talking to the woman. So he's turning uh, like that, turning around at an angle. And I'm having to sit there and she's going, you know that Mrs. So-and-so died. And he went, yeah, I heard about that. That'll be interesting. I'm thinking, what's interesting? Unless you poisoned her. You know, it was like being in the middle of a Miss Marple. And so he's saying, yes, of course, you know, are we, are we going to go and see the family? And she went, yeah, I'm, I'm going now. I spoke to her the other day on the telephone. And he went, what, Mrs. So-and-so died? He went, no, no, the family. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to be murdered on the bus seat. They're going to move out and, and I'm just going to be sitting there slumped with this fixed look on my face. And they're going to go, he died, you know. And and then and so and then they all get off the bus. The man and the woman and the woman next to me. They're all going round to see this poor woman, this dead woman's family. And she said, she said, we we won't stay long. I was tempted to say, thank God for that. You bored the pants off me sitting on the bus. Now you're going round to this poor woman's house. They're going to, they're going round to nick things, aren't they? That's what they're going. They're going to see what she's got that's worth taking. That cat'll be gone. I tell you straight away. That'll be in a bag taken out the front door. But anyway, travelling on buses, an experience in itself. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So spring's on hold. You're going to get gales coming. And yet, everywhere I look, daffodils. Everywhere, a host of golden daffodils. She calls me Nelson, so I call her Elizabeth. Mandela's close bond with the Queen showed how she enchanted and influenced Commonwealth leaders. Tonight, there's a documentary celebrating... Her success. Yes, we liked Nelson Mandela. He got a free garden from Alan Titchmarsh. That's what I quite liked. Charlie Dimmock went over there and Tommy, and it was, it was brilliant. It was very good. He didn't have the faintest idea who they were, but it was still brilliant. Uh, the Daily Express Day, Jewish leader's fury at Corbyn's labour. He's backtracking and eating humble pie, but it's not really working at the moment. Also, why the sex scandal uh, could topple Trump. This is the porn star they apparently had a fling with. I don't quite understand what she's doing it for. I, don't, I really don't understand. I can't quite work this out. So, porn star sleeps with very rich bloke. Well, you know, big surprise there. I thought that was the whole idea of it. Also, the Aussie golden boy of cricket set to lose millions because they cheated. And they were caught on camera. It was so blatant, it couldn't have been more blatant. I mean, the scandal, you know, here now. And you go, why would you want to jeopardise something? Why would you want to ruin a perfectly good career by cheating? And the answer is, because he's stupid. That's the only reason. There's no logical reason why the golden boy of cricket. Well, quite clearly not. He's obviously the golden plank. He must be the stupidest person ever. He blatantly cheats. It's caught on camera. You can see him with the sandpaper. And you think, are you that thick? The answer is, of course he is. Of course he is. So I hope it finishes. I hope it's, uh, if it's all over for him. Because, you know, otherwise, what's the point? It sends out the wrong message, doesn't it, really? Uh, the WPC... In the paper today, she's a very unusual WPC. She's called Christine, uh, Christine Fort. I think it's Fort. Uh, she found uh, a deaf man armed with an axe when she was called to a burglary. She's, she signs. She's good at... So she was able to calm him down by signing. How many people... And we always have a producer here, Uncle Rob, years ago. And he signs as well. He learned how to sign. And I thought, what a gift. What a gift, honestly. There's everybody worrying about... You know, speaking this language or that language. Remember I told you earlier on about uh, Robert Waitman, uh, who's 110. But which one's the oldest one? There's two of them. They both turn 110 on the same day, but who is the, who is the elder? Anyway, Robert Waitman, his unusual talent was he speaks Japanese. So he was able to translate secret 
intercepted messages for army intelligence. Uh, the secret of longevity, he says, is family, coffee mornings and caring for himself at home. Cards from the Queen, he prefers not to receive as it makes him feel old. Uh, Scotland's oldest man is Alfred Smith. Two children, two grandchildren. By the way, um, the other one, who's Robert, he's got three children, ten grandchildren and 25 great-grandchildren. Uh, secret of longevity for Scotland's oldest man, who's 109, turns 110 Thursday. Porridge, scrabble and jigsaws. Cards from the Queen, he loves them as he's proud of his age. But he can't work out. How, out of all his contemporaries, he's the one still living at 110. I think that's that's amazing. I don't know what quality of life it's like at 110. I suppose keeping yourself active. Uh, Both of them swear the same thing. They both say having a job that you like is a a big help. Because if if you're having a job and you don't like the job, then you you don't want to go to work. We had somebody earlier on, do you remember, texted us saying, oh, they had to go to work today and they weren't really looking forward to it. And, uh, and I was saying, oh, you must always look forward to going to work. That's the whole idea of work. If you hate, hate the job, change it. Ken Dodd is going to be buried with his tickle sticks. Just two of them. Probably not much room in the coffin, I shouldn't imagine. Uh, friends were inspired to leave them. Uh, they should say he has a prop with him in the coffin so he can entertain the big man up in heaven, which is quite sweet. And um, uh, the comics family have asked for fans to line the street. It's Wednesday, the funeral. Wednesday for Ken Dodd's funeral. Flags at a number of public buildings in the city will be flown at half march. See, they do that there. You know, he's one of their own. He came from Notty Ash. He lived in the house he was born in. You know, that was... I'd love to see round it. Wouldn't you love to see... Wouldn't you just love to see round Ken Dodd's house? Just out of curiosity. Only in the same way that I'm interested in, you know, going round the Great Pyramids of Giza and looking at where the pharaoh's bodies lay and stuff like that. That's the, that's the only interest. In Ken Dodd's case, he lived in the same house he was born in all those years. All those years. But uh, they're going to bury him with his uh, couple of tickling sticks so he can, he can entertain, which I think is lovely. I, I, quite like the, uh, I quite like the sound of that. Easter egg adverts in every single paper. You can't. Be, you would think, seriously, that Easter was only to do with eggs. It wasn't to do with anything else at all. It's got nothing. I've not read any Christian messages. I'm not expecting to, but I thought it maybe would have been nice. Uh, also, uh, Dex Baby. That's going to be nice, isn't it? I quite like the idea of that. Now he's been allowed to grow up, poor little soul. Because even though Deck is 42, to us he's 17, 18. Because they don't look any different you just sort of automatically assume that they're 19, 20. I mean, put it this way, if somebody said he's 24, I'd have believed it. 42, he doesn't look. They seem blissfully happy together. He finds happiness and doesn't find happiness, but finds solace in a bottle and with other things. And you, and, and you sort of, I can't understand how it is. I can't understand how somebody like George Best drank himself to death. He knew he was dying. He knew he was drinking himself to death and yet carried on doing it. And by the time it was, it was too late, it was too late. And exactly the same for Gascoigne, another one who spent most of his time face down in the gutter. Charlotte Church used to be pictured regularly falling out of nightclubs in London and then all of a sudden sorted herself out. And I think it was having a child. In the case of Deck, you know, I've never seen any pictures of Deck drunk or leaning onto a lamppost or anything like that. He's just appeared to have gone... He just seems a little bit too perfect. He just seems too perfect. And yet here they are, both, you know, a great double act for... You know, 29 years. And yet one goes one way and falls off the edge and the other one goes this way and everything looks perfect. Him and his, his wife, they look they look absolutely thrilled to be expecting. I mean, Ant, 
apparently is said to be thrilled as well because he's always wanted to be a dad. But he could have been, and he still can be. Everybody keeps telling me he's going to make a miraculous recovery and he's going to be back with him on television. I'm not totally convinced. I think it's going to take ages, ages to get him back from wherever it is he's going or wherever it is he's been or wherever he is at the moment. It's going to take ages, by which time, you know, Dex's going to have had a baby and uh, he's going to say, shall I babysit? And they're going to go, no, it's all right, you're all right. I think it's, it's I don't know. I think it could go either way. Uh, one in five children has at least one energy drink a day. That's what school kids are taking to school energy drinks. And apparently one in 20 consumes three or more. Heavy use of it because it's just high sugar, isn't it? High caffeine products. And it gives them palpitations, uh, shakes, stomach, concentration problems, raises anxiety. All for the sake of that little... What is the point of it? I've never had one. I have to be honest, I haven't had a, a fizzy drink for a long time. We went somewhere, where did we go the other day? Oh, Paul Smith and I, we went to Anando's and he had a fizzy orange. And I thought, that looks quite nice. But I didn't have one, I just had a glass of water. And a glass of Chardonnay. Uh, which was quite nice, actually. Went down very well with the chicken and the mashed potato and the coleslaw, thank you very much indeed. But I've never had a daily energy drink. I see people at bus stops with them and I always think, wow, you obviously need to kickstart your day with that. Me, it's a cup of coffee. Obviously, everybody different, aren't they? Uh, Jonathan says, spending the day today awaiting for the washing machine repairman to come. Otherwise, I'll be down the laundrette later. Do such things still exist? They do. They do. Laundrettes exist. People get their people. I used to go to a laundrette where I had a washing machine. Now I get somebody to do it for me. My friend Thomas does all my washing and ironing. It's much. I can't be bothered. Why, why bother? Give somebody the work and, um, and let them do it. He does it much better than I could. I work nights as a cleaner, Steve. Must be the first job I've had in a long time that I really enjoy. No stress, just loads of physical hard work. So different than what I was doing before. A very stressed teacher. Uh, Sanjay says, apart from being Easter on Sunday, it's also the REF 100th anniversary. I'm one of the many who proudly served. Yeah, I'm from a forces family as well. So there you go. That's uh, we, we travelled the world. Something about it. I still like... You know, anything to do with the RAF. Although I'm not sure about buying bricks from Germany. We must have brick companies in this country. We have. We've got the London Brick Company. I know that because somebody sent one in to me once. It's just got, it's a brick with LBC on it. And I remember thinking, oh, that's nice. What does that stand for? And somebody went, it's the London Brick Company. And I went, ah, right. That'll be it. Uh, We have known, actually, for a long time, the cost of energy drinks and fizzy pop will go up when the sugar tax comes in. Well, it's been talked about for so long. And finally, comes in from April, which is next week. The sugar tax is nearly with you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 7. Nick Ferrari with you at 7 this morning and coming up with him at breakfast. An exclusive LBC poll will reveal what the British public would be willing to sacrifice in order to prioritise Brexit. It will bring you the shocking results. Violent demonstrations have broken out across Catalonia again after the exiled President Carlos Puigdemont was arrested in Germany. Nick will find out what it will take to restore order. Plus, Jeremy Corbyn has apologised for the pain he caused in a Facebook post in which he defended an anti-Semitic mural. Why does this issue keep being seen within the Labour Party? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari. This morning at 7 on LBC. Front page of The uh, the Guardian today. It's um, a lot of people protesting 
I think these are students from a school in Florida where 17 people were shot dead. Some of these pupils have said that they're frightened to go to school because they just don't know whether or not. But, of course, there's so much money from the gun lobby in America going into... I mean, one minute you've got, you've got uh, Trump saying one thing, the next minute you've got him saying something else. But uh, lots of people... This was for the March of Our Lives rally in Washington. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> also, the, uh, the Prime Minister faces the call for answers over the vote leave claims. No cricket, not cricket, Australia in uproar over ball tampering. I wouldn't mind, but it was just so obvious. If he'd done it discreetly, we could have understood it, but it was just blatant. I mean, just a blatant cheat. You know, he should be kicked out. Excuse me. <coughs> ah, that's better. Just needed a quick slurp of tea just to make sure I was, uh, something had gone down the wrong way. Report gender pay gap or risk court. Firms have been told the Equality Watchdog says employers that uh, Miss Cutoff will be named and shamed. Uh, also pictures here. Corbyn says sorry for pockets of anti-Semitism as he faces call to action. What do you mean pockets of anti-Semitism? A little bit worse than that, isn't it? A little bit worse than that. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, Jewish leaders say Corbyn is hostile. He's just trying to back away from it and say, oh, it was this, it was that. And you think to yourself, why don't you just man up to it, for goodness sake? Um, there's a, a body matter story here. How I reversed my midlife diabetes. God, I'd love to have midlife diabetes. I don't know what that is. Uh, also, a boy waits to take his place in Ripon in North Yorkshire for the Palm Sunday procession. A blessing took place. It's so unusual to see. We used to do that. When we were at school, we did the Palm Sunday uh, walk and, uh, and, and always enjoyed it. Actually, I looked and it was something quite interesting. May faces calls for tax to fund the NHS. Because now they've, uh, they're, they're sort of seriously worried that the government is not doing enough to address the social care. Blimey, they've given a pay rise, haven't they? I mean, everybody's going to get one. It's going to cost a serious amount of money. Trump poised to kick out Russian diplomats. I don't quite understand. I don't quite get Donald Trump at all, actually. But he's going to expel more than 20 Russian diplomats from the United States. He could take action as soon as today following the attempted murder of Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia. In Salisbury, Britain has thrown out 23 Russians and Russia have thrown out 23 as well. It's like tit for tat, isn't it? Just chuck them all out. I don't realise how many there were. What do they do as a matter of interest? If we've got, or we had, an extra... And there's only a, there's still loads of them left. 23 Russian diplomats. What do they do? I mean, I don't understand what 23 Brits are doing in Russia. What do they do? Is it, is this a, is it like a bit of a jolly or something? I've never quite got my head around what they're supposed to be doing over there. We go, all oh, right, 23 will be expected. How do they find the 23? Just go, you, you. OK, let's do A to, a to F. OK, I mean, how do they pick out 23? 23 who are useless. So we kick out 23 Russians. So 80 people go. 80, because it's the 23 plus their families and staff and servants and stuff like that. And so 80 people leave the country. Uh, the Russians then get rid of 23 of our lot who haven't done anything, they haven't poisoned anybody, they haven't been accused of anything, they've just decided to kick them out in retaliation. And now Trump's going to kick out 23 from uh, from America. What do they do, these people? Are they there to pick wallpaper or something? Have you seen the sign of the French, the size of the French embassy in London? It's the size of a mansion. And you begin to wonder what they do in it. I've never seen anybody go in or out. The building's not illuminated at night. Just as you come through Knightsbridge on the left-hand side, and it sits there, and you think, I'd love to go inside and find out what goes on in there. I mean, do you think they're all eating, you know, food, and they just, uh, we, we are, 
we're sort of we're just over here as diplomats. But I don't know what that means. I'll probably never understand it. Uh, the Times. Hunt urges 10-year deal to fix crazy NHS budget. And here he is. Steve Smith, the Australia cricket captain, reveals the ball tampering that could cost him his job. I should bloody well think so too. Excuse my French. That's not French. French would be je m'appelle Etienne. You know, but, um, you know, of course he should lose his job. He's a cheat. He's an out-and-out exposed cheat. Absolutely ridiculous. It could cost him millions. Good. Good. Hope your career collapses, pal. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know why I'm sorry. I couldn't care less. He's, he's Australian. Doesn't make any difference to me. But it was such blatant cheating. What on earth was... Was the money resting on this? Was there sort of gambling or... It was, it was just to win. Just to try and win the match. You stupid man. Oh, dear me, honestly. Apologies to any other normal Australians listening at the moment. I'm sorry you've got such an idiotic uh, cheat as, uh, as Mr Smith. I could understand it if there was betting on it. You know, you sometimes get these big betting coups. It happens a lot in cricket, apparently. It's, it's quite... That would be illegal, of course, but I've, I've heard of lots of people who bet on cricket. And I've heard of lots of people who are willing to throw matches. So it's nothing new. But to actually watch somebody... I didn't even know you could change things with a piece of sandpaper. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Sandpaper down your pants. That would change things. You know, but uh, that's what he did. That's what he did. Rick Astley getting his Evita moment. Oh, is he going into Evita? That'd be interesting. Touring at the moment is... Um, oh, what did a friend of mine go and see the other day? Um, uh, Miss Saigon. That's touring at the moment. Blood Brothers is touring at the moment. You must go see these shows. If you're around the country and you think, oh, I won't enjoy them, I promise you will. Uh, somebody said, I've never had a Nando, Steve. Worse for you than energy drinks. It's a piece of chicken. What are you on about? It's a piece of chicken. How can a piece of chicken be bad for you? In fact, it's very, very good for you, I would think. It doesn't come with the, with the skin, so it's very good for you. Perhaps you've... Ah, you see, you've already admitted I've never had a Nando's. How can it be bad for you? It's, I have four pieces of, uh, of chicken with some mashed potato <coughs> and everything else. They say, a Nando's chicken wrap. I don't have a chicken wrap. So you've just been reading the internet, you see, and you're putting out fake news. I don't have a chicken wrap. I just have four little pieces of chicken with no bones in, no nothing. They say a KFC toasted twister been compared to a new documentary. I've never even heard of a toasted twister. Is that like Twisted Sister? Something like that. But they said... Uh, uh, diners who head to Nando's instead of a deep-fried chicken shop could be unwittingly eating a less healthy meal. Uh, it contains more calories and sugar than food at KFC. I don't see how it can be. This is just a piece of chicken. It doesn't have skin on or anything like that. Skin is very fattening for you, but this doesn't come with skin. So I think you'll find I'm, I'm doing quite well. Uh, somebody says, uh, how spicy do you have your chicken? It's not spicy at all. I don't have any spices at all. He says, I feel your lemon and herb. Think again, Ellie. Definitely not me. Uh, tanker driver Phil's going to be at Ken Dodd's funeral on Wednesday. He says, I, I suspect the funeral will be huge. Oh, I think so too. But Ken Dodd, of course. Although a friend of mine said the other day, I mean, he's going straight to hell. He said, um, he said I watched Ken Dodd back, he said. I just didn't get it at all. He said, I just didn't get the humour. I said, well, people would sit there absolutely doubled up with laughter because he just kept going. He just kept going. It was just a never-ending. How he remembered everything, I've got no idea. I saw him once and I thought he was, he was good, but I came from a different generation, completely different generation. Steve, I'm reading a eulogy today at a friend of 42 years' funeral and uh, laying in bed rehearsing the lines. Hope I'm as eloquent, says Viv. Uh, just speak up. If you want some advice, go to YouTube and type in Paul O'Grady, 
eulogy Silla's funeral. And uh, he stands there talking to the coffin like he's talking to the coffin. Like he said, I can't believe I'm sitting here, standing here talking to you. And uh, he said, and, and you're there. He said, it's not, not meant to be like that. And he does it very well. He tells to, he has people laughing because I think that something like that should be a celebration of somebody. I know that people say, oh, it's all very sad. It is very sad. Of course, it's very sad. But at the same time, it's a celebration of somebody's life. And if it's a friend of yours for 42 years or whatever it happens to be, that's a good celebration. That's a good celebration. They're in a better place. You know, we are all the more poorer for knowing them because we don't have them anymore. And, you know, people should be with you forever and ever and ever. So that's why it should be a celebration. So I was always told it was to celebrate somebody's life. And the more you celebrate it, the better it, it can be. So that's what you have to go in there and go, for many of us, a sad time. But for also many of us, it's a very happy time that we're here to celebrate somebody's life. Because sometimes you don't say the things about somebody while they're alive. You have to wait till they've gone before we say anything. So I would say do it, do it now while they're alive. Give flowers to the living. The dead don't appreciate them, I promise you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Coming up nine minutes to seven. Nick Ferrari with you at seven o'clock this morning. Uh, the mirror of the front page, Deck's baby joy, bittersweet for Ant, because uh, Deck and his wife, who is his agent, are uh, expecting a baby, which is quite nice. I'm sure they'll be absolutely overjoyed, and they will be overjoyed. Miracle of the bomb victim. This is um, a man who was shredded by shrapnel at Manchester. Uh, who's been to Australia, and he's regained movement. I mean, it's nothing short of a miracle. Uh, Bobby Ewing, yes, Patrick Duffy, turns uh, 70 very nearly. Looks completely different, which, of course, you would expect him to be 70 for good. Why they expect him to look the same, I've got no idea. They say, you've changed, Bobby, because I think we celebrate 40 years, 40 years of Dallas and uh, how addicted we all were. I think somewhere I've got box sets of Dallas. I don't think I've watched it since. And uh, Val Dunican's pad is up for sale. His former home, 2.7 million. It's a seven-bedroom property. Uh, it was where the TV star, famed for his multicoloured jumpers and performing in a rocking chair, brought up his two daughters with his wife. The house called Ardmore. Go on, don't you? Don't find really houses called anything, do they? Number 33. But uh, Ardmore also has extensive gardens and a swimming pool. His uh, variety shows in the 1960s and 70s pulled in audiences of up to 19 million. He had uh, so many hits. I, I spoke to him once, not for LBC, actually, just at a private. I think he was at the Lady Rattlings. Ooh, lovely. I loved Val Dunican. And um, one of his albums, not the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper, off the number one spot. He sold the house in 1988, died in 2015, aged 88, and Lynn died the following year. They were married for 54 years. 54 years. He was lovely. Very good friend with um, Gloria Hunniford. Uh, the Express this morning. Jewish leaders fury at Corbyn's labour. This is going to run all day. And uh, cheat the Aussie cricket captain who could have played for England. Thank God we don't want cheats on the team. Thank you very much indeed. Boo! Boo you! Ridiculous. I mean, honestly, and to do it so blatantly. You, can't, you couldn't make it up, really. Uh, also, May faces NHS funding revolt. 34 Tory MPs signed a letter urging action. Uh, Donald Trump and the, uh, the, uh, the adult movie star. She makes pornographic movies. And uh, she's doing her interviews on... She's obviously revelling in it. But there again, you know, once you've done porn, I shouldn't imagine you've got any more shame left in the world, have you? Cop injured in frenzied sword attack is the Daily Star. They're still running with um, 
with dreary Paddy McGuinness's wife, who might or might not be a reality star on the Cheshire programme. One of the worst ones I've ever seen. I've never known such dreadful people. Seriously, I'm so glad they're up in Cheshire. They don't come down to us down here. Thank you very much indeed. She's welcome to it. I don't know what on earth he's doing it. It's made him into a right little sort of, you know, showbiz twinkie. Uh, Rock and Deck, Hollywood stars lined up to boost Takeaway's USA finale. Who cares? The ones they, 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 they've given us, out of all the, the big celebrities like Steven Spielberg and huge celebrities in America, what do we get? The Rock. And, um, and the other one was uh, Bruce Willis. They say, who could help Declan Donnelly in the finale? What for? He can manage it by himself, thank you very much indeed. He's not an idiot. God, and The Rock. Although people tell me they've heard of him. Uh, the Sun this morning, killer junkie out in a frock. Slightly bizarre. Calls for new tax to boost the NHS. This this killer junkie is the maniac who stabbed a girl 66 times and is on day release. How that works out, I've got no idea. But uh, but it does. And the, <laughs> the Daily Mail this morning, uh, as hedge funds bid to make a killing from sailor firm that made Spitfires, don't let vultures destroy a British colossus. Plus they've got a picture of the porn star... And the TV interview that could humiliate Trump. So he had sex with her. I mean, I don't want to... Who cares? It's up to him, isn't it? He wasn't the president of the United States of America. Let's face it, they've all had history. Go through the Kennedy family, you want history. Good God in heaven, there's all sorts of things in that one. That really is interesting. But when you get this porn star, whose name is Stormy Daniels... But actually, it's not her name at all. She's got something quite plain and uninteresting, but I can't remember what it is now. And uh, she talks about the affair with Donald Trump. They're obsessed with it in America, aren't they? They're so obsessed with what people do with each other. I just suppose it's, it's going to end up over here, isn't it? The kangaroo hop to Oz. If you really want to do all in one, you know, you don't have to sort of do stopovers. This is three meals, 17 hours to watch Crocodile Dundee and a very numb bottom. Could you cope with the, uh, with the new non-stop kangaroo hop to Oz? And the answer is... Probably. Most people seem to think that you could do it. Uh, it's just, oh, I'm sure I want to be stuck on the same plane with people. Although you're going to be stuck on with them anyway, aren't you, really? It's not going to make any difference at all. Now, I must remember today, I went very early on the programme the other week. I completely misread the clock. Completely misread it. Uh, Gail says, listening to you this morning on my TV when at six o'clock all the electrics went off. Power failure? Thank goodness I had the LBC app on my phone. I should tell you about that a bit uh, in about, about a minute and a half, I think. Uh, Dominic the Milky says, ever since I introduced Charlene to your dulcet tone, she listens all the way to Isha. I don't get to talk to her, but I'll talk to her at seven o'clock this morning, which is good. Facebook still makes all the papers for today and for the boat race, won by uh, Cambridge, but then next year it could be Oxford. It's not going to change your life. It's not done for any other reason. And uh, And here we go. This is the boat race spectators. Forgiven for feeling alarmed when the police patrolling the Thames suddenly veered into land. No, they were going to get their hot dogs. Because, you know, if you're patrolling the boat race, the most boring thing under the sun. I mean, seriously, who cares? I mean, does it really make any difference? Some people think it does. But it's just, it's the same thing all the time. Also, calls for new tax to boost the NHS. And uh, debt goes out in his baseball cap. You'd think they'd have takeaways delivered. They seem to go out to sort of collect all of these things and I'm sort of thinking there must be a better way around it mustn't there don't you think so I do hope so so as we head into uh, Easter week I don't think you're supposed to do anything special you just have to sort of gear yourself up with a weekend batten down the hatches make sure the boiler's working and you should be just about okay because they've said snow I mean I know I can't believe it but I think we've had snow at Easter before so try not to uh, try not to worry about it too much 
But if you are a little bit worried about it, you can reassure yourself by downloading the LBC app. Because it means, that as well as listening to LBC, wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from last week for free on the catch-up feature. And you can, uh, and you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I've got some big news about Towie's, Arge and the JC. Don't listen just after you've eaten breakfast, though. Also find out which so-called celebrities joined Arge at a charity football match for reality TV people. Who on earth goes to watch something like that is totally beyond me. Plus, you'll find out Elton John, Sir Elton John, celebrated turning 71. He got uh, cards from the boys and uh, from his husband as well. Uh, tickets still available for that big farewell tour, by the way. So that's good news for everybody, just in case, you know, don't let the sun go down on me or anything else. By the way, my little bit extra will be available very, very shortly. It's totally free. Not many things in this world that are free. Download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on Catch Up. It's as simple as that. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at four. Tell your friends. If you're late, we expect a, a note or a letter or at least something on Facebook just to remind us exactly where you are. Have a lovely day coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. It's James O'Brien. But next, the award-winning Nick Ferrari with breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.